With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Skyline Chili Cincy 360. About Cincinnati from Cincinnati. Sponsored in part by Skyline Chili. Stop by Skyline Chili for a three-way or cheese coney today. Feeling good? It's Skyline time. This is ESPN 1530. Cincinnati Sports Station. Good afternoon, welcome in, and happy Friday. This is the latest edition of Cincy 360, a service of our good friends at Skyline Chili. Anytime you're feeling good and hungry, it is always Skyline time. Happy to have you along. Uh, Appreciate you joining, whether that is uh, via ESPN 1530 in your uh, car, on your radio, or uh, the iHeartRadio app, where uh, you can go and leave us a talk back, which we'll get to in hour number two. Of course, we're going to take phone calls, 513-749-1530. This uh, is one of the biggest weekends in the city of Cincinnati that I can remember, at least from a fan engagement standpoint. And, And I say that because you start to look at projected numbers of what is going to happen this weekend. And uh, Jeremy Rao from Fox 19 tweeted this out. Over this weekend, it is very well known, Taylor Swift is is in town. And through the two Taylor Swift shows, you're looking at 130, maybe even more fans heading to Paycor Stadium. You've got three Reds games uh, at home against the San Diego Padres where the projected numbers could be north of 100,000 fans attending that game or those games. And then you've got FC Cincinnati, a matchup of one versus two in MLS. They host New England. That game's already sold out, so you got 25-plus there. So do the math. you got 130,000 to see Taylor Swift. you got over 100,000 this weekend to see the Reds, 25,000-plus to see FC Cincinnati. What a weekend for this awesome city of Cincinnati and to throw the icing on top as midnight strikes tonight, the Cincinnati Bearcats will officially be members of the Big 12 Conference. It's a pretty big weekend. That's a lot to get in uh, over the course of a, of a weekend, which means we don't have a lot of time to get in three hours of what this weekend is going to mean. Uh, for for context purposes, what it's worth, uh, Jeremy Rao also tweeted out the only weekend that possibly could rival this weekend. He looked ahead to uh, September 22nd through the 25th. You'll get Pirates Reds in Cincinnati. You'll get Charlotte FC here against FC Cincinnati. Oklahoma comes in for Big 12 game number one to face UC at Nippert Stadium. And the Rams are in town for Monday night football. On top of all of that, Oktoberfest downtown so you're you're looking at some pretty big weekends in uh in the queen city and uh excited excited to uh to be the appetizer today to lead you up into uh what this weekend will be chick ludwig i believe the chickster is in for mo egger today on the mo egger show 
So uh, we'll talk to Chick at the end of the show. We uh, we will touch base on every big event we have this weekend. We'll start at the 1 o'clock hour, the top of hour number two, with Charlie Goldsmith. At the uh, top of hour two, we'll talk to Tommy G as it relates to FC Cincinnati. And then Justin Williams of The Athletic will join us uh, sometime in hour number three as well to discuss the Big 12 news. So all of that, and of course... Taylor Swift, Austin Elmore is not in today. Alex Egan is, though. So Alex is producing today. Alex, are you good? Are we ready to go today? Oh, we're great. Love it. Alex, uh, eagerly, I mean, you got in here at what, 6 a.m., 7 a.m. today to start preparing for the show? I did, 6 a.m. 6 a.m., wake-up call. Me and Mike McConnell. Love it. Love it. Uh, So Alex is with us. He'll be taking your phone calls. We'll we'll get the talkbacks rolling in hour number two. But uh, it is... It's hard to even figure out where to start. For what it's worth, Milwaukee uh, was winners yesterday, so the Reds will enter tonight as co-leaders in the NL Central as they get underway with what is officially the second half of their season. A lot of people think, okay, all-star break is the midway point. The Reds are are 81 games in right now. The second half of their season gets underway uh, tonight, and that will get underway with uh, the Reds hosting the San Diego Padres, who – for what it's worth, San Diego spent all of this money in the offseason. They have a star-studded roster. Manny Machado, Fernando Tatis, Juan Soto. Uh, we, we can go up and down the, the list of this 37-44 and 44 team that is the San Diego Padres. It, it's just – it's unthinkable that a team with – Uh, Jake Cronenworth, Xander Bogarts, Juan Soto, Manny Machado, Fernando Tatis, Matt Carpenter, Nelson Cruz. Go up and down the list. This team has 37 wins and 44 losses. It is unbelievable. And when you look at it, Blake Snell, ERA 3-2-1. Michael Waka, ERA 2-9-0. Hugh Darvish. 4-8-4 ERA. Joe Musgrove, 3-8-0 ERA. Their team ERA from a starting pitching standpoint is not bad. And yet, this team is fourth in the National League West. And by all accounts, seems to have a locker room right now that is splitting. That is not together. They've got the eighth-best pitching staff in baseball. With that offensive lineup, how how is this team so bad? They come into Cincinnati tonight, losers of five games in a row. They lose back-to-back games against the Washington Nationals and are then swept by the Pittsburgh Pirates. So if you're the Reds, you got to beat the team while they're down. You cannot let this be the series that San Diego starts to figure things out. You can't let this be the series where San Diego starts to get comfortable and gain some confidence. Because after San Diego, four in Washington. Washington's 32-48. and 48. And then the Milwaukee Brewers right before the All-Star break. So a lot to get to with the Cincinnati Reds today. We'll look at the second half season, make some predictions. We've got uh, a ton with the Cincinnati Bearcats as it relates to uh, what midnight means tonight. I was part of a, uh, a Cincinnati team that was 
moving on from Conference USA to the Big East and uh, now watching a, uh, a team move on from the American Athletic Conference into the Big 12 and what that will mean going forward. Not a ton of football-related topics today. Uh, if you're thinking of American football, of course, we're going to talk to Tommy G about this matchup at TQL Stadium. But uh, some intriguing players to look at uh, from an NFL standpoint and uh, maybe even a little more discussion of what we got into yesterday, which division rival can, uh, can unseat the Cincinnati Bengals at the top. But before we get to anything else, your phone calls, always a priority on this show. And our guy Mark, without the Reds even playing yesterday, Mark is joining us right now. Mark, what's up? Hey, you know, well, I'm going to say my Reds uh, questions to the brain trust come back. Sure, sure. Because, uh, so, but I, I had a Bengals question for you because you you going to help me make sense out of Zach Taylor's play calling. Ooh, I'll you try. Know, I'll come and see. I'll try. Because, you know, after the Philly special last year in Baltimore, you know, I quit on his play calling. Yes, but, sir. To give me an honest opinion, what's your take going forward because I don't believe they can win no Super Bowl unless his play calling gets better than what it's been. Do you do you see that happening? What, what's your take on that? I think the Bengals he's going to evolve. He has to, um, but I don't even think that that the evolution of Zach Taylor would be magnified. I think it's more so the evolution of Joe Burrow. I, I gave this smaller example earlier in the week. You know, I two thousand eight uh, was my first year playing under Brian Kelly, and everything I did in 2008 uh, came from Brian Kelly. He would make uh, audibles. He would adjust different things. He would get us into different plays. And then my senior year came around, and, and as he put it, I was given the, the keys to the car. I had, I had the power to change plays at the line of scrimmage, to change protections, because my knowledge of the offense was at a point where it was comfortable. And I think now – Going into another year where you've kept Brian Callahan, Zach Taylor, and everyone else at the top, I do believe that Joe Burrow will have more freedom this year to say, ah, I don't like this look at the line. Let's get into this play. Let's get into this protection. I don't think Zach Taylor is going to change much as a play caller. I, I, I'm still one of the proponents that, that Zach Taylor should be involved in the game plan but should not be calling plays. I don't think that's the head coach's role. Uh, especially Zach Taylor with everything else going on. He's done such a great job with the culture and the, the roster and the belief around this team. I just don't think he's an elite play caller. I do think Joe Burrow will have a lot more freedom this year, though, and, and I think you'll see that that difference based on, on Joe Burrow. Okay. okay, with that being said, you believe that with, with, with Joe Burrow giving more freedom, they won't go through these stretches where they where they struggle on offense, where they – where they where they where they look like they sleepwalking through the first part of the game and then they wake up later. You you think you think that's gonna that's gonna eliminate that part. I think it should. I, I I think Joe's gonna have more of a uh, of an opportunity to say, okay, let's go tempo here because all those games that felt like this team sleptwalk in, in years past, it felt like it was kind of matched with uh, just a slow pace. And then the two-minute drill would come, and they'd move the ball down the field, and they'd score right before the half, and they'd kind of springboard themselves. I think Joe Burrow is going to be given more freedom to do those types of things going into this season, and, and I do think that will equate to less of those laws that you go back to the Super Bowl and, and eight possessions or however many it was, 
where the Bengals came up with nothing. Five percent, you know, all they needed to do was score, and they're probably Super Bowl champions. You can't go through those laws. You especially can't go through those laws when you do have some questions this year as it relates to a younger secondary, as it relates to is the pass rush enough. You gotta score points. You can't go through those laws I mean, this season. Let me ask this last question, then I'll get off and let your other callers come in. With that being said about a secondary being young, will it be more of an emphasis to run the ball a little bit more to keep the offense on the field and not expose that young secondary? Do you think there will be more of an emphasis on that? Uh, I think every year you go in and you want to establish the run, but I also think that you want to to play into what your team does best. And for many instances, the short passing game that the Bengals have is an extension of the running game. Because all your the running game is essentially all you're trying to do is get four or five yards. If the Bengals feel like they can get that in the passing game, because you have to play a little looser in coverage because of all the talent they have, I don't see them becoming a run-first team. I don't see them becoming a 50-50 team. They're still going to be a pass-first team, but they're going to want to they're going to want to incorporate some stuff where they hold the ball longer, just to keep their defense at least early in the season. While the defense is trying to figure things out, they're going to want to keep the defense on the the sideline a little bit. And then as the season goes on, I think you'll expand that more. Okay. Well, uh, thanks for taking my call and uh, have a good weekend. And I'm gonna be back next weekend because uh, I gotta talk to my I gotta talk to my man. That's I'll tell more about the red. Yes, sir. Mark, appreciate you, man. Thank you. All right. Uh, let's get one more here before our first break. Dave is uh, calling in. What's up, Dave? Hey, Tony. How you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? Good, man. Good. So, everybody's take on this Reds team is is, is their pitching staff is going to be their, their, the death of this team. And, you know, I kind of look at it like this pitching staff's been a problem, you know, since Derek Johnson's gotten taken over. I mean, this guy came in with all these credentials. He's this great coach. And, you know, if you go back over the since he got hired in 2019 – their team ERA was 419 and 4.19, then 3.89, 4.40, and 4.86. And this year, whatever, it's five and a half. You know, at what point do we start looking at the pitching coach here? Well, yeah, I, I mean, mean, this team, you know. The crazy thing is. Never developed good pitching. That year of 389, that'd be good for 10th in baseball right now. And if they had a 389 team ERA, they'd probably be one of the best teams in baseball right now uh, and not just kind of. Uh, surviving at the top of the NL Central, I, I think you you take it and you look at what Derek Johnson has. I mean, you had the Mike Minor experience last year. Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo are still developing. That's why I thought this year was was the year for Derek Johnson because it's now on Derek Johnson to to figure Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo out. It's on Derek Johnson to figure out what is going wrong with Graham Ashcraft, who was dominant in the first half of the season and has been non-existent since then. Look, the the Reds are doing what they're doing in spite of the fourth worst team ERA in baseball, 5-0-1. There are three teams outside of the Reds that have ERAs north of 5, Kansas City, Colorado and Oakland. So the fact that the Reds are 43 and 38 and somehow surviving when they have one of the worst pitching staff ERAs in baseball is a credit to the offense, but to your point, and it's it's a point well taken, Derek Johnson has to prove something in the second half of the year. And I know it's hard with Brandon Williamson and Luke Weaver, but as you start to get pitchers back, 
as Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo come back and TJ Antone and Tony Santion come back, there's going to be a microscope under Derek Johnson because this team has the offense, this team has the bats to compete in the National League. The pitching is nowhere where it needs to be yet, and that's going to be, I think, what is under the most microscope now going forward. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And I would agree with you there, too. But, I mean, and then, but if you look at, I mean, even... Hunter Green and Lodolo when they started the year out. I mean, you know, Hunter hasn't really pitched all that great all year. I mean, he's had a couple good games, but the guy can't go more than six innings. You know, yeah, great. He's striking a lot of people out. And then, you know, before Lodolo went on the IR, I mean, he was breaking his neck because home runs were flying out of the ballpark so fast. Yeah, Nick Lodolo, 6.29 ERA. Um Hunter Green got his under four. I think Hunter Green's last couple starts, he was much better than what he was. But you, the the one thing I'll, I'll give credit, Andrew Abbott, in his five starts, he attacks the strike zone. Hunter Green and the rest of the pitchers, it seems like they're trying to be so perfect that they just they, they raise the pitch count over and over and over, and it puts so much stress on the bullpen that they've got to be more pitch efficient in the starting rotation, and they've got to find ways to get deeper into the ball game because if not, there's just no way that the pitching staff from a bullpen standpoint is going to be able to hold up that long. Right, I agree totally. I mean, it's, you know, the pitching, I mean, this offense is only going to carry this team for so long, and, you know, hopefully they do, but, you know, I'm not sure about it. So, but uh, thanks for taking my call. Appreciate it. All right, Dave, have a good one, man. Thank you. Like that that to me is is going to continue to be the biggest question going forward. This pitching staff and the interesting dynamic of of what this pitching staff has. I mean, if you think of what's coming up and uh and and who the Reds have this weekend with the San Diego Padres. And and I know I just talked about San Diego has has lost 5 games in a row. San Diego also has guys, especially coming into Great American Ballpark, that can put up 10 runs in a heartbeat. And you're going to have Graham Ashcraft, Brandon Williamson, and then you'll get Andrew Abbott on Sunday. I just, this team has worked so hard and has been so fun to watch for the first half of the season. And you are now 10 games away from the break. And you get to the break with a share of first place can you get to the all-star break in contention to still win the nl central and not let things unravel over the course of these next 10 i think that's going to be fascinating for the cincinnati reds go six and four go seven and three and we're having a whole different conversation but don't let things unravel before the break to eliminate so much good work that this team has put in your phone calls 513-749-1530 we'll add those As well, when we get back, we'll talk more about the Reds and this series with the San Diego Padres coming in at Cincy 360, a service of Skyline Chili, right here on ESPN 1530 Cincinnati Sports Station.
ESPN 1530, Cincinnati's sports station. Now, Cincy 360 resumes. Brought to you by Safe Auto. Give us three minutes, save up to 25% on ESPN 1530, Cincinnati's sports station. And Bregman hits it well and hits it deep to left field. Walker is going back, looking up. Grand slam for Alex Bregman. Hits it off the facade of the second deck. And the Astros lead it 14 to nothing. Alex Egan all over it right there. How can we not celebrate not only everything else going on, but the Cardinals being beat 14-0? Alex Bregman, Grand Slam, Astros trounce the St. Louis Cardinals, who uh, slip further and further right now into the abyss. That's our call of the night. This is Cincy 360 on ESPN 1530, Cincinnati's sports station, a service of our good friends at uh, Skyline Chili. We... uh. We're going to spend more time on the the Cincinnati Reds. I do have to spend a, just a minute on the Capital One match last night. It's usually, it's one of my favorite events of the year. Charles Barkley is announcing it, and it is just this laugh fest of watching guys. And it started off with like Tiger and Phil and Peyton and Tom Brady and guys that could golf really well, but also very interesting personalities personalities being the key word because this year they went a different route they went with a couple duos they went with arguably the the top quarterback receiver duo at least right now because they're coming off a Super Bowl win Travis Kelsey and Pat Mahomes against the Splash Brothers Steph Curry and Clay Thompson they do a 12-hole scramble out in Las Vegas Capital One the the match TNT they're they're broadcasting it and Travis and Mahomes and Curry, they are just so, they're so, I say likable, but it, it's just an easy listen. It's fun. It's banter back and forth. And they're all hitting some bad golf shots. I mean, Steph Curry played, uh, I think, an event on the Corn Ferry Tour. He didn't make the cut, but Steph Curry was not great last night. Patrick Mahomes was not great last night. Travis Kelsey was probably the A player for that team. Clay Thompson was brutal. And look, I hit bad golf shots when I play. There's no doubt about it. But when you are having a nationally televised live event and you are not a good golfer, then you at least need that golfer to give something from a comedy side, a little banter back and forth. Travis and Jason, or Travis and and Mahomes and, and Curry, they're going back and forth. They're talking. They're very likable, relatable. Clay Thompson barely said two words the whole match, and he played terribly. It just takes away, and it did take away last night from what is usually a very fun match. I mean, they dominated. They absolutely dominated. I think they only played nine of the 12 holes that they were expected to play because the match was over. There was no way mathematically that Steph Curry and Klay Thompson could win. So kudos to uh, to Travis and, and Pat Mahomes for winning that last night. And the, the, the stars through any of this were the fans. I don't know if the fans had to sign a waiver before going onto the course, but there was easily more balls hit into the fans than hit onto the fairways last night. I mean, it was... Spray left, spray right, which made it more relatable. 
because golfers out there struggling, but they could at least be funny with it. Clay Thompson was was a bad golfer and didn't say much. Those two things don't really mesh well when you have an event the caliber of what the match tries to put together. Anyway, back to what's happening right now. The uh, Cincinnati Reds are uh, atop the NL Central, tied with the Milwaukee Brewers, and today ESPN put together one player that all 30 Major League Baseball teams should trade for or away this July. A lot of names on this list. The Reds appear on this list right behind Boston. So Boston Red Sox pitcher James Paxton. All right. He is a uh, a left-handed pitcher, 34 years old, 3-1 and one this season in eight starts with a 3.19 ERA. He's been pretty good over the course of the season. According to ESPN, says Boston should trade James Paxson. They should be in sell mode. Now, Boston has Chris, uh, Chris Sale, Tanner Hook, and uh, Corey Kluber all on the IL. They're in the bottom third of the majors in rotation ERA. And Paxton has now made eight starts after missing much of two seasons, and he's pitched extremely well. He's heading to free agency. He looks like one of the few starting pitchers that's going to be available who you might be comfortable giving the ball to in a three-game playoff series. And it says, let's find a home. That home would be the Cincinnati Reds. It says this, the L.A. De La Cruz era has begun with a rush of exhilarating highlights and dramatic wins, and as fun as the offense has been, the rotation remains a mess. Although rookie Andrew Abbott has come up to provide a big lift, the Reds are overflowing with infield options. De La Cruz and Matt McClain have been outstanding since their call-ups. Jonathan India has bounced back and played every game. Spencer Steer, he's playing first, he's playing third, he's playing left. They've got Christian Encarnacion Strand. They've got Novo Marte, Edwin Arroyo, Cam Collier. It says, heck, they could trade for two starting pitches but they also should be careful and realistic about how good of a team this really is right now. I don't know what James Paxton means for the future, but I know that James Paxton makes this team better right now. An ERA under 3.50, a left-handed starting pitcher. It's a no-brainer, right? If If you're comfortable in what you have to give up. For essentially a rental, free agent at the end of the year. If you feel like you can keep him, makes it even more enticing. But at the very least, at the very least, a pitcher like James Paxton, who has had some injury concerns, but he's made eight starts, and he's been really effective in those eight starts, is James Paxton enough to move the needle for the Cincinnati Reds and to stay afloat until Hunter Green returns? Until Nick Lodolo returns, Tony Santian, TJ Antone. All of a sudden, with those core pitchers coming back, maybe that means that a starting pitcher now can help in those long relief situations. Maybe Brandon Williamson's a long relief guy. Ben Lively could be a long relief guy. And all of a sudden, I'm thinking, okay, Paxton, Abbott, Green, Lodolo, Not Luke Weaver. You got more options now if you're the Cincinnati Reds. So 
It's going to be fascinating stuff to watch. Right now, though, with the news of Hunter Green likely being out until August, Nick Lodolo likely being out in August, you've got a team ARA north of five. Can you survive the next 10? Can you survive over the next 10 games, get to the all-star break, and still be right in the thick of this? If you can, it's going to be a fun second half of the season. Let's take a break. Let's come back. Plenty more still to come. We'll take your phone calls, 513-749-1530. More Reds, maybe some Cincinnati Bengals as well when we come back. ESPN 1530, Cincinnati Sports Station, a service of Skyline Chili. 51175 800-375-1175. Welcome back, Cincy 360, ESPN 1530, Cincinnati Sports Station, a service of Skyline Chili. There's a lot going on even right now. I think uh, Rheingeist with uh, Cincy Light, the NIL collaborative, uh, they're doing a, uh, a release party noon to midnight, I think. They're hanging out tonight until, uh, until the Bearcats officially enter the Big 12. It is Taylor Swift weekend. It is Reds-Padres weekend, and it is FC Cincinnati versus the New England Revolution weekend. That is a match of uh, one versus two in the MLS standings. Not just the MLS standings in the East, but all of MLS. One versus two tomorrow night, 730 at TQL Stadium. That match, of course, already sold out. Expecting 100,000-plus over the three-game set for the Cincinnati Reds versus the San Diego Padres. And anywhere from about 130 to 140,000 people will be uh, entering Paycor Stadium over the next two days to listen to Taylor Swift. Alex, are you going to Taylor Swift? Will you I be attending? I could, uh, I could not afford it. Yeah, it is a, uh, it's, a, it's, it's a difficult decision when you see the price of tickets, even if you had a ticket, oh yeah, to justify going to the show versus selling the ticket. I mean, I would love. To, my girlfriend's a big Swift fan, and I would love to go, but I don't. We don't own a house. I just I work here. I don't make enough money to do that. Yeah, it is. It's hard to justify. And again, I that's not that I'm I'm not the biggest Taylor Swift guy, but that would be hard for me to justify anything. You know, if you can get thousands of dollars in return, can you just maybe wait a couple years and and see another show and and use that money (laughs) for something else? I mean, it's just, it's, it's incredible how much this has taken over this. Like, I knew Taylor Swift was a big deal. Yeah. I didn't know it was this big of a deal. This big of a deal. Yeah. Like, someone asked me, okay... Because I asked the question yesterday, I said, is there anything in life that you would wait 24 hours in a line for? Mm. And I don't know that there is. No. But I was asked yesterday on Twitter, uh, Nick asked me, speaking of merchandise and lines, would you wait in line 24 hours or more to play a round of golf at Augusta with Tiger Woods? That answer was yes. Yes. (laughs) But... I do think that's different than standing in line for a crew neck. Yep, to get merchandise. And it's a very nice crew neck. 
because my cousin, again, she just finished up high school. She's getting ready to go to Louisville, had a great softball season. She texted me yesterday with a picture of the blue crew neck. Is Alex. it a Cincy shirts made crew neck? No, and that's Dang. the problem. Mm. But it is this blue crew neck that everyone's going crazy for. You can only buy it at the merchandise stand. So she sends me a picture of it. I say, wow, I didn't know you were going to the show. And then she said she's not. Oh. So is it worth waiting in line for the merch if you're not going to the show as well? I don't I don't. I mean, See, I, I feel like so. if you get the merch, you got to go to the show. Yeah. I feel like that's just a that's just a, a double fan, negative. Then. Are you a fake fan then? If you're just right. going to go wait in the line and then you're not just, go to the show, you're just going to act like you went. Yeah. Oh, I got the I got the the crew neck, so I was there. Fake fan. But yeah, if it's an experience, if it's golfing at Augusta with Tiger Woods, I'll Sign wait in the up. line for three days. Yep. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. But that's not for a Tiger Woods shirt. (laughs) That's to golf. You know, let's say let's say the Bengals make the Super Bowl. And let's say that they're going to give 5,000 fans a chance to buy a Super Bowl ticket at, at cost. Probably be a line I would wait in. Yeah. But I'm not waiting in line for a shirt that says Super Bowl. No. That's the difference. But shake it off, move on to the next one. What if it was Joe Burrow in the actual merchandise van Oh. Handing folks those sweatshirts, would that be enough? No, no, no. unless he was signing autographs, because ah, I'm okay. a big memorabilia guy. All right, I get it. And we're going to run the, we run the commercial, Todd Frazier is doing an appearance yeah. for the Home Run Derby. No autographs allowed, <laughs> which I think is the craziest thing out there, <laughs> because everyone that goes there is going to try to take something for Todd to sign. Yeah. But they put that little disclaimer in there, and it almost, I, I, I almost want to go just to see... How many people bring stuff for Todd to sign? And is Todd going to be like, say, hey, sorry, I can't. It said no no autographs on the commercial. If he gives into one, then he's got to do them all. If you do one, you're in trouble. Yep. That's, that's what I've come to find out. There's nothing like when I was still playing and people would want my autograph for whatever reason it was. It was always unique at like a dinner and you're sitting with, you know, friends or family or, or anybody else. And you would, you would see people looking but until that first person comes up and asks for the autograph <laughs> and you give in, then it starts like the tidal wave. Once the ice is broken. Once that ice is broken. So what's going to happen with Todd at the Home Run Derby watch party? That's what I want to know. And while I think more about that, I'll talk to Jim, who's calling in right now. Uh, Jim, what's up? Hey, you caught me with putting chips in my mouth. I'm sorry. No, you're good. I should be, I should be a better listener and be ready at the crack, right? You never know. You got to be ready at all times, Jim. 
I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, lo- I'm, I'm losing my game. I'm getting soft. Hey, what? So, dude, I'm talking. You, you would turn down fifteen hundred dollars for a seat where you're sitting in a seat, and Taylor Swift's about the size of your thumbnail. If you put your <laughs> thumb up, dude. I, dude. So my question to you and everybody out there is like. Let's say you have a ticket to whatever, and it's two. Th- people are offering you two thousand dollars. What would you? What what event would you not sell that ticket? For me, it would have to be like Bengals playing in the Super Bowl, have a great chance of winning, fifty yard line. You know, it would have to be front front three four rows of a Paul McCartney concert. Uh, there's not a I man. I would sell a two thousand dollar ticket to just about everything. Yeah, it would have to be to me. It would have to be an AFC Championship game or a Super Bowl, or it would have to be like an NL uh, an NL series with the Cincinnati Reds, where they got a chance to go to the World Series. Because other than that, I just don't know what else makes sense. Like, I there's a lot of country artists that I really like that I would love to go see in concert. But none that I want to see so much that I wouldn't say, here, I'll take $2,000 instead. Right. I mean, how many people are going to, I mean, I'm sure she's going to put on a great concert. I'm sure it's going to be like the concert of the decade or whatever. But, dude, when you're walking out of there and it's over and it's three hours later and you sat there the whole time and she's literally like the size of your thumbnail on stage and – you walk. Don't you have some regret? <laughs> don't you have like a two thousand dollar regret? Like I just that at, was great. At what but, expense? Yeah, B U T in capital letters. But I could have got two thousand dollars for that experience. Yeah, like you you have to walk away from that tonight or tomorrow night, absolutely blown away. And if you are, then kudos to Taylor Swift because if people are leaving that show and saying, "Man, it was worth every penny." Then kudos to Taylor Swift because she's putting on a, a a show that that has never been never been seen or done before. Yeah, but you're, you're, you know we all know Paycor Stadium. We don't know the up upper deck. You know we know how far away you're going to be. Oh, 100 percent. I mean, I would I would if if Michael Jackson came back to life and he played down there. I would I would sell a two thousand dollar seat in the upper bowl like like before you could even spell Michael Jackson. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, come on. You know, that's crazy money. That, this is all crazy money. Yeah, it you is. You can't turn down crazy money like that. No, it, it is, it's a completely different feel than anything I've ever, ever even followed before. But uh, look, to each their own, and for for one hundred thirty thousand plus to 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 go to Paycor this weekend and still expect a hundred thousand at uh at Great American Ballpark over the weekend and another sellout at TQL Stadium. It shows that you can't have enough good things here in Cincinnati. True. Hey, so I left a talk back about FC Cincinnati and uh what I, I priced out with Lionel Messi. Uh you know, he's coming to Cincinnati in late August. Yes. I'm not gonna spoil it, but I I left you so I compared tickets to a regular season game versus him coming to town. That's going to be like Taylor Swift version 2.0 as far as sensationalism in Cincinnati. 
you wouldn't believe what print tickets are going for, but I won't spoil it. It's in my talk back. So I look forward to I'll it. let you go, brother. All right, Jim. Thank you, man. See ya. Let's uh let's get uh one more break. Let's come back. We'll uh we'll take a couple more phone calls. We'll finish up hour number one, and then of course to start hour number two, as we do each and every Friday, Charlie Goldsmith of Cincinnati.com will join us right here on ESPN 1530, Cincinnati Sports Station, a service of Skyline Chili. Welcome back, Cincy 360 ESPN 1530, Cincinnati Sports Station, a service of Skyline Chili. We are just a few minutes away from uh, Charlie Goldsmith joining us. And, of course, right after that, the Friday edition of your talkbacks, Tommy G., FC Cincinnati, Justin Williams of the Cincinnati uh, Bearcats covering them for the Athletic. The Chickster. Chick Ludwig is in for Mo Egger today from 3 to 6. Thank you. There it is. We'll get to all of that, but first, let's finish up hour number one. Mike is uh, calling in. What's up, Mike? Hey, amigo. What's going on? TGIF. It is a, uh, it's a very, very... Nice Friday here in Cincinnati. Uh, yeah, the, Cincinnati. The calm before the storm. Yeah, that's what it could be, right? Hey, Tony, I, I don't know, man. This thing's tripping me out with Taylor Swift as well because uh, it's almost like if you're a Christian, it's the second coming of Jesus, or if you're a Muslim, it's the second coming of Allah. Or I don't know, man. It's pretty, pretty crazy. I got nothing against Taylor Swift, but the phenomenon is – Got me scratching Never thought head, I would see anything like this. No, me neither, Tony. But just when you think you haven't seen enough, you know, haven't seen enough, you see it. Okay, I'm boring everybody now. Um, I sent you a text, by the way, just a few minutes ago. Uh, the game tonight, I think uh, the, the Padres right now are head scratchers. Not as bad, but pushing the Cardinals as well. You know, that same enigma. Well, they, the um, the crazy thing is, back. is that they have the eleventh best team ERA in baseball, and they have this yeah. unbelievable lineup. Well, I, yeah, I googled it right before. Yeah, I mean, people out in San Diego and LA are just just baffled, and and the players are actually baffled. Almost like when they interviewed some of the Cardinal players, they said, you know, we just can't get out of our own way. Definitely cannot hit in the clutch. I mean, it's terrible. It almost and, it almost feels it, and it it gives credit to the culture because there's been a lot of reports that there's there's uh, anxiety or there there's split in the locker room and, and they're they're not together in the leadership and and you do give credit when teams are able to get that done like the Reds. Yeah, and I'll tell you as much as I like. Oh yeah, that's that's a clear example. But I'll tell you, I love that you got to love Manny Machado's talent. But I'm telling you, man, this guy, wherever he's – well, he's with Baltimore a long time, but he, he didn't work out too well with the Dodgers. Uh, and now we're going through this – I don't know what's up with this cat. And, and, and Soto, I can't figure him out. But like you said, the, the Padres are 23rd in team batting, 233. The Reds are 11, 257. That team is hitting 233, Tony. That's unacceptable. Yeah, with with all of those bats in the lineup, Xander Bogarts, Juan Soto, Manny Machado, Fernando Tatis, it is it's dumbfounding how that team is where they're at. And and it's not just coming in losing five in a row. It's losing five in a row to the Nationals and the Pirates. I mean, they it's not like yeah. they they're coming in playing these big teams and then uh, the Reds may get a little bit more of a break because tonight 
They've already scratched you, Darvish, who was supposed to pitch. It's now Seth Lugo that's going to be getting the ball, three and four on the season. So uh, a chance to avoid you, Darvish, tonight and and try to get a win early in this series. Yeah, and actually, you had been ta- you had been on a bit of a roll here. So, but the problem with you, that you, Darvish, is he's getting really old. Yeah, he's like Kershaw. He's just getting old. But uh, and then their team pitching. Like you said, they're eighth or eleventh, whatever. Their their ERA is three point eight two, the Reds five point oh one, but it's just I, I thought maybe you had a way to figure this out because I I just don't get it. But it could make for a really exciting weekend of baseball, though. It it will make for an exciting weekend, but it's also still the danger of all those bats that that, that San Diego possesses coming into a hitter friendly park at Great American Ballpark with the pitching struggles that the Reds have had. So. It's going to be fascinating to watch uh, tonight for sure. Hey, is that is that ballpark in Pittsburgh uh, a home home run uh, favorite ball, uh, ballpark? They hit a lot of homers in Pittsburgh. I'm not. Sh- I'm honestly not sure. I know it's a beautiful ballpark, but I'm not sure from the standpoint of, uh, of a home run friendly ballpark or not. It seems like sooner or later, though, and I know you're thinking. I know. I know you got to go. It seems like they're just. One of these days, we're going to look up and they're on a ten-game winning streak and hitting home runs, five yep. of them a game. You know, keep thinking, but I don't know. Time's running out, maybe. Who knows? Yeah, Thanks, it is. Tony. Thank you, Mike. Have a good one. Thank you. Uh, we got to get to a. Uh, we got to get to our break because when we come back, Charlie Goldsmith of Cincinnati.com will join us, and uh, we'll continue on ESPN fifteen thirty Cincinnati Sports Station, a service of our friends at Skyline Chili. This is Cincy 360, about Cincinnati, from Cincinnati. This is ESPN 1530, Cincinnati Sports Station. All right, here we go, hour number two. It's Friday. You know what that means. Our guy covering the Reds and the Bengals for Cincinnati.com is joining us, although we don't need to discuss the Bengals right now. The Reds picking up officially what is the second half of their season tonight a home series against the San Diego Padres. Let's talk to Charlie Goldsmith, who's joining us right now as he does each and every Friday. Charlie, what's up, man? Tony, you don't want to do 15 minutes on Taylor Swift? Well, Charlie, I, I guess, are you are you going to the show tonight or tomorrow? Unfortunately, I could not swing tickets, no. Wow. Unbelievable. Uh, are you a Swifty, Charlie? Are you going to be posted up outside the stadium? I will not. Okay. But that sounds fun. I'll be at the ballpark, but that does sound fun. Well, they moved up the game to help accommodate Taylor mm-hmm. and, and everything that's going on. It is going to be absolute madness downtown this weekend. And uh, look, the the madness that has been the first half of this season, 81 games in, where this team sits, oddly enough, Charlie, I thought the last game they played against Baltimore, a microcosm of what this team is down to the core. They come up, they get three runs to start. And then the next time they're at the plate, they're losing. So they score three, they give up four, they bounce right back with another three, they give up three in the bottom of the eighth, all the momentum in the world, the crowd is on the side of Baltimore, and they reel it back in, they score four in the tenth, and they find a way to win. I I know it goes without saying, but there are so many examples in the first half of this season that this team just responds over and over and over again, almost to a point where it feels like you can't break them. What I keep going back to is like all these things that like just on paper statistically shouldn't happen that just do happen for the Reds. Like 
That 10th inning on Wednesday was Will Benson didn't have a hit against the lefty in his entire career, hitting the RBI triple with one of his best swings of the season. T.J. Friedel, a guy who hasn't gotten many opportunities for lefties, has had a trouble cracking the lineup in those matchups. He clobbers a home run down the line to right field. Like, if both of them would have gotten out or, heck, even laid down a bunch, you would have nodded your head and say that's the statistical, analytical thing that makes sense. But I do think there's something you can't capture that's underneath these guys that kind of has them exceeding what maybe the numbers say they should be doing when they're in those types of moments. You uh, you highlighted earlier, you kind of looked back on the, the Reds' first half of the season. Um, talk to me, let, let's go through a couple of these players. Talk to me about T.J. Friedel and what he has meant to this team, especially when he's been in that leadoff, uh, leadoff spot. So T.J. Friedel in August and September last year was great, but it, it was a small sample size. And heading into the spring, I kind of saw him as a guy who had to compete for a spot on the roster, a guy who probably wasn't going to be a regular starter, even against right-handed pitching, just because I had some other guys ahead of him. But now he's in the deepest red lineup I've seen in my lifetime, the more than earned the leadoff spot. He's even playing versus lefties. He's one of the best defensive center fielders in the game. And then when you look at who are the players that have played at least 50, I think the number of games in center field since the start of the 2022 season, Friedel's in the top 10. And like the guys ahead of him are all basically making all of them $100 million a season. Friedel is that valuable of a player. And frankly, he's just a winner who gets the job done. Ellie De La Cruz, it's hard to match or exceed hype. He somehow has. Matt McClain has been this steady, consistent warrior who has, has gotten the job done every opportunity. And then you have Spencer Steer. You've got this young trio of stars, of rookies. Spencer Steer has played left. He's played third. He's played first. It's it's hard to exceed expectations, but one could argue through the first half of the season that Ellie De La Cruz, Matt McClain, and Spencer Steer have all exceeded high expectations placed on them. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's really interesting that you phrase it as like a trio because it reminds me of the other trio, Green, Lodolo, and Ashcraft. And they're in their second year now, years now. Think of, you know, pretend the injuries that didn't happen, what we've seen to date from the three of them. There have been unbelievable games, but there have been just tons of highs and lows and adjustments and adversity, and that's what's normal. You expect through the first, you know, year and a half of a big league career for there to be the waves like there have been for individually Green, Lodolo, and Ashcraft. But McLean, Ellie Steer, arguably the three best players on the team this year, they haven't had that inconsistency at all. Every single game they're making an impact. That's just what you don't see. That's just rare. And again, Green, Lodolo, and Ashcraft have all the talent in the world. That shows you how impressive it is what we're seeing from those three rookie position players. Can you even put into words Will Benson's turnaround? It was a guy we talked about a ton at spring training. I think people forget Will Benson's only 24 years old. It's hard it's hard to even fathom what he did from being sent down to being recalled and the tear that he's been on through the month of June. 
it's just an incredible story of resilience. And it, it even goes back to where he was like at this point last year when, or really about it heading into last year where like the, the guardians at the beginning of last season in triple a had Benson as a bench guy in triple a. This was a former first round pick with every tool in the world who just wasn't putting together the approach at the plate and really the confidence wasn't even enough for the guardians triple a team to give him a spot. You have seen Benson at every level in his career have to fight a little harder, work a little harder to make that adjustment that clicks. And Benson has certainly found that now, reinvented his game. There's just like when he comes up to the plate, you expect something good to happen. He has a beautiful swing. Um, His athleticism really stands out. He's just a good player who I expect to be a big part of the Reds' plans for a long time. You alluded to this on, on Twitter, and I thought it was so well done. Nick Senzel, Kevin Newman, you could even throw Jake Fraley in, guys that don't play every day, but they fit their roles perfectly. Just talk about the value of having guys like that that can swallow the pride and say, you know what, I may not get, I may not get playing time every day, but when I do, I'm going to make the most of it, and those guys certainly have. That's what happens on good teams, right? Like a huge storyline with the Bengals over the last two years has been Tyler Boyd, a former number one receiver, now a number three or sometimes even a number four option last year when Hayden Hurst was playing his best. Just the sacrifice that it takes on good teams. And you're seeing Senzel and Newman and Fraley not just embrace that role, but translate that into something that sets the tone for everybody to where like, when Tyler Stevenson's out of the lineup for a day, he's ready to come back in as a pitch hitter. And when Joey Votto comes off the bench sometimes, he's ready to come in because the expectation is when you see other guys, veteran guys, three of the most experienced guys on the Reds in Senzel, Newman, and Fraley making those sacrifices, it shows something about the entire team. I, I do have to ask because there's been this up-and-down first half of Jonathan India. He's played in a ton of games. He has been this emotional leader for the team. How do you view Jonathan India's first half of the season? Weird. Weird is the word I'd use. First of all, like I mentioned this on Twitter, you can't underestimate the role and the importance of how he has set the tone. The entire red team is trying to play like Jonathan India. Uh, One of the players told me recently, he is the standard that we're all just trying to follow. He's been fine at the plate, like statistically. I still think, though, and this is just like judging the quality of his at-bats, looking at the contact he's making, I still think he's one of the Reds' four best hitters. That's just like a gut thing. There, aren't, like, there isn't a number that would prove that. That's just me and talking to people in the sense that I get. India is still one of their best players, even though it's been a slower start. And I think this has just been the kind of thing that happens for a player. Um, I, I expect a much better second half of the season. We saw stretches of that in May. I'm curious about the adjustment process, and I want to check in on, like, the different types of pitches he's seeing and where he's at because it has been weird. But I still do think, really, he's one of the Reds' best players. Let me ask you two questions on uh, on two other players here from their first half. We haven't had the sample size, but Joey Votto's hitting under 200. Three of his five hits have been home runs, but we have seen some struggles at the plate. And Tyler Stevenson has been this weird study. He's not been great defensively. He's been up and down as a hitter. Um, are you are you pressing any type of panic button as it relates to Joey Votto or Tyler Stevenson at this point? Um, I think they're in different spots. So like Votto, he's going to play – really, he's going to play every game against right-handers. Uh, the power, exit velocity, underlying numbers are there. He's proven that he can still hit for power. And for a Reds team that needs more power, that's what you want to see. Now, Stevenson's very interesting. Like, his designated hitter role has really – 
wait or faded. Like he is now pretty much just a catcher and a part-time designated hitter. There have been days where they just haven't had a spot for him in the lineup. What this means for the long term, though, I don't think changes anything. We entered the year saying he's their catcher of the future. Now I still think he is their catcher of the future because if he's not, then like you're playing the Kirk Casale, Luke Maley game every year where you're trying to get a veteran to come for less than $5 million. The farm system isn't stocked with catchers right now. They need Stevenson just like a team that like needs a franchise quarterback, but it's a very hard thing to get. I still think Stevenson has just the pure physical talent as a hitter and defensively as a catcher to be their long-term catcher, and I think he's going to get um, just a ton of runway in the second half of the year to get about that. Charlie Goldsmith, Cincinnati.com, spending a few more minutes with us talking Cincinnati Reds as the second half officially of the season gets underway tonight. Charlie, the, the question everyone is asking, and rightfully so, is the pitching staff. It is a team ERA north of five. Uh, there are only three other teams in baseball that have that ERA north of five, Kansas City, Colorado, and Oakland. All bad baseball teams, and yet they have overcome a bad team ERA to find themselves tied for first place in the NL Central going into tonight. So what is the level of concern or the uh, the level of, I guess, pressure on this staff, on Derek Johnson, or maybe on Nick Crawl to add a piece to this starting rotation? So here's where I'm at on the pitching staff. Like what we even what we haven't even talked about enough is Ben Lively getting hurt. Like I know he wasn't anything flashy, but he was giving them six innings consistently. Like they don't have a fifth starter right now. It might be Alec Mills. A Levi Stout can't get called back up until after the Ulster break unless someone gets hurt because of the world's with option players. So like not to say they're stuck, but this rotation just is what it is right now. Like, there's no short-term fix they can do. They probably wouldn't call Connor Phillips up without any AAA experience. Like, this is just the reality, uh, and it isn't a consistent rotation. So here's what I've been thinking. Like, if they can get to the trade deadline and overcome this and still be in first place, if they reach that point, that is a team that has proven it is a lineup that is good enough to win a playoff series. If they can make it through the next month, I don't think the Reds have any choice But for if they're in first place to make an aggressive move for a starting pitcher to make sure they can get to the postseason because if they add that and then Green and Lodolo come back, and again, if the Reds keep winning over the next month and show they can overcome this rotation, I think that's a team that's proven it can be very, very good. Uh, what about the help coming back? You mentioned Lively. What do we know about the latest on Hunter Green? What do we know about the latest on Nick Lodolo from a starting pitcher standpoint? Well, Dole, I hope you can update on today. He had still been in a boot. Um, I, I know he had a, a follow, follow-up MRI scan uh, scheduled to uh, look at the stress reaction in his tibia. Um, after that, it will be a four- to six-week buildup before we see him back. Hunter Green heading to Arizona four to six week, four to six week, like strength and conditioning and core uh, stabilization, I believe is the word pro- program he's going through. Ben Lively, I know he didn't have any strong schedule. I'll be curious to see where he's at, but that's not expected to be a minimum IL since. So, you know, no one, you know, the only guys really on the way back are uh, Derek Law and Tony Santian, who are on rehab assignments right now. Um, TJ Antone, it, what, what is the expectation? What is the feel? Because when TJ Antone was healthy, he was arguably one of the best in baseball. What are expectations about the idea of getting TJ Antone back and him coming back and being able to contribute to a bullpen at this point that has been taxed, that has been used a lot in the first half of the season? It is a question. There's 
very, very inconsistent results from people coming back from their second Tommy John. That one is a massive blow. They've been encouraged with the process Antone's making. You said it, and what we don't talk about enough was Antone was, again, one of the best relievers in baseball before he got hurt. You know, I know his plan is when he comes back, you know, what he told me is what, what, what he was doing in 2021 was working so well. He's planning to use that exact same approach, and he has confidence that it, that, that exact same stuff is going to be there. They won't put him in high-leverage situations right away, like how when Lucas Sims came back off the IL this year, they kind of worked him up, ramped him up, and then eventually he's their eighth inning guy back again. It'll be a similar process, kind of a feeling out process with TJ as they try to figure out where he's at. Alexis Diaz to this team, Charlie, very simply in the first half has meant what? When you think, Charlie, of, of Alexis Diaz and the impact that he's had on this team, it, it, can you even put into words I, – I, you could argue he's been the best closer in baseball – can you even put into words where this team is at without Alexis Diaz in the first half? What's really like, you know, I, I did a feature on him a couple of weeks ago, and what a, a lot of the relievers told me was like his selflessness and the way he thinks of the team in a way that's rare for a star closer. Like they didn't want to name names, but some of the veteran red relievers had said they had been with a lot of, played with a lot of closers who go out to the bullpen in the sixth inning and aren't locked in and aren't going through, you know, they have the film on their iPads in the, in the bullpen. They're not going through all that together with the group pregame. Alexis Diaz doesn't just do that. He's one of the leaders in that. Um, and he's also willing to pitch on any day. He's not the kind of guy who um, had just pitched me in the ninth inning, just pitched me when the Reds have a lead. He'll go in any situation. He'll go in a tie game. He'll go sometimes. How many times have we seen him push himself into a four, or a five or a six out save when he's nearing up towards 40 pitches, he lays it all out in the line. And there have been probably six or seven games this year that um, they have won solely because of Diaz. And you can make the case maybe that's more than any other individual player on the Reds. I look ahead, and, and it's it's hard to overlook the credit David Bell deserves and what Nick Crawl deserves. I just look at that last Baltimore game, and again, it sums up so much of this team. They league they, they league the stolen base category. They – they put pressure every single play from first to third or second to home. The Baltimore game, they, they have run, a runner on third and Kevin Newman. The ball's hit. They go on contact. First baseman makes a great play, throws out Kevin Newman at home. They come right back. They do the same thing. First baseman bobbles the ball. They score a run. Can you just speak to the aggressiveness that this team has implemented on the base paths and, and what they're doing that is constantly putting pressure on opposing defenses? Yeah, so, like, when we talk about ways that David Bell has impacted the 2023 Reds, like, that is a foundation that starts with him. That's something he wanted to do a ton of from the day he got the job in 2019. And you kind of saw some moments where they didn't quite have the personnel to play that way. But David Bell kind of stayed confident with that as a scheme, if you will. The Reds, you know, working with Nick Crawl, they came up with the, the decision to build this team around, you know, athleticism, aggressiveness, base running, defense as strength of the entire roster. Now you're seeing a team that's built to play this way. That's, you know, the Reds, they, they don't have the power hitters that the best teams in baseball have. They don't have the superstar starting pitchers like the best teams in baseball, like the, you know, the best rotations in baseball have. But they are the best at playing in that way. And when you have a unique strength like that, that's how you take a team of, you know, rookies and some less experienced players and a, an inconsistent pitching staff. That's how you become a first-place team in your division. Let me finish with this, Charlie. I, I, I look at this San Diego team, and I see a team from a pitcher standpoint, 
I mean, their 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 team ERA is, I believe, top twelve in baseball. They are a good pitching staff, which is crazy because if you look at this lineup, you would say, okay, if they've got the eighth best pitching staff in baseball, then their their batting order is going to make them one of the best teams in baseball. And yet, on a lineup that that bolsters Juan Soto, uh, Xander Bogarts, Manny Machado, Fernando Tatis. You can go up and down the list. What has been missing from this San Diego team that has them seven games under 500 coming to Great American Ballpark? I'm going to make up a stat right now that I just came up with, as you were saying that. I'm going to call it vibes above replacement and say that the Reds lead the league in vibes above replacement and the Padres are last in vibes above replacement. Um, San Diego, every single hitter in that order is underperforming expectations. Even Juan Soto, who's having a very good year, you expect him to have a best hitter in baseball type year. I I don't have an explanation for it other than it's a team that's had just like a lot of rocky situations come up, like the whole Fernando Tatis thing coming back from suspension, and they had a manager change, and just all these little things. You know, everyone had to move positions as they got all these new free agent additions. Like all of these just weird situations have accumulated in San Diego. It's a team that was a mess last year um, in the clubhouse. It's a team that's been slightly less of a mess this year. But overall, it's just a, a team that hasn't clicked. And it's interesting to compare that to a red team that has clicked. How important is it to finish up these next 10 before the All-Star break? They've done so many good things, Charlie. Um, they're at this point where they're tied for first. Three against San Diego, four against Washington, three against the Brewers. How important is it to not let things unravel before the break and to finish this first half as strong as they've played leading up to it? Like I said, this uh, the stretch between now and the trade deadline, if they can stay in first place, then they've proven that the Reds should be aggressive buyers at the deadline. And what, this is 10 of those 30 games coming up for the All-Star break. So just another opportunity to keep proving the type of team you'll need to be to kind of take that next step when you can start adding players into the mix. Charlie Goldsmith, Cincinnati.com. Charlie, what's your favorite Taylor Swift song? Favorite Taylor Swift song is You Belong With Me. Man, you're going to the, you're going to the old hits. It, 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 it's a perfect pop song. Yeah, man. Can't believe you're not going, Charlie. But, you know, you're, you're dedicated. You can't be spending all your time at a concert when you've got a huge weekend set against the Padres coming in. Those are distractions, Tony. Thank hit, you. It's, 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 perf- it's professional. Uh, Charlie... Great stuff. Uh, It is going to be an unbelievable weekend here in the city of Cincinnati. I know things are hectic. Uh, Thank you for taking some time with us today. We'll talk again next week. Thanks, Tony. Yes, sir. There he is, Charlie Goldsmith, Cincinnati.com. We'll be back the Friday edition of your Talkbacks on ESPN 1530, Cincinnati Sports Station. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Cincy 360 carries on on ESPN 1530. Cincinnati Sports Station. It's that time for talkbacks. Press the microphone and record your message for Austin and Tone. Please keep it clean and don't be mean. Add a sprinkle, sprinkle, drip, drip. It's that time for Talkbacks. It's our favorite part of Cincy 360. 
Austin, buddy, play that talk back on your screen and please try not to sabotage Alex, it. Alex, not Austin. Alex is playing them today. Sorry about that. All right, let's see what we got. Yo, Tony, Alex and Silverton. What's up, Alex? Look, we need to talk about your locks tonight. Over two last night. You went over the night before. I feel like you're getting a little lazy on us. You either just take Red's money line or you take the home dogs. Not putting any background in your picks. You're just looking at the board and just picking. Mm. I mean, what are we doing here, Tony? It's a locks of the night. Your lock's just as secure as the locks on Austin's car. Wow. And what are we doing here? Well, the home dog strategy has been very profitable this season. If you stick with that, I will be, I'll be better. You know, sometimes you go through a couple days where the board just doesn't fit and things just don't go well, but it's how you bounce back. It's how you get up after you've been knocked down. That's what we'll do today. Hello, this is Talkback President Ronald Reagan. And, well, I call this one, For Whom David Bell Toils. <clears throat> How can you complain when we have Matt McLean? Mm. How can we lose with Ellie De La Cruz? Winning is a habit, thanks to Andrew Abbott. It seems we're always streaking, even though we're not yet peaking. But when we lose, it's a shame that David Bell gets all the blame. Man, very well said, Mr. President. Very well said. Tony, and my main man, Austin. What's up, man? Iceman here. What's up, Ice? Strawberry Ice. Still on vacation, but not in Florida. Drove yesterday all the way to Myrtle Beach. It's a hard life, I tell you. It is a hard life. Man. But I kind of wish I was in Cincinnati. You see, entering the Big 12, FC Cincinnati, Reds game. Yes. Holy crap. This weekend's going to be nuts. Have fun. And Taylor Swift. Don't forget about Taylor Swift. Oh, yeah. Let's go. Yep. How in the world are the Reds home underdogs again? No respect. You're going down, San Diego. Craig from the U, out. Go Red Legs. Go Big Blue. Have a good weekend, gentlemen. Now, he says go Big Blue and go Red Legs, but he's playing the old pump it up theme here for the Cincinnati Bearcats today as well. Incredible. Incredible that the Reds are home dogs tonight. That may be part of locks of the night. I'm going to tell you what, this Tiger Swift person, she is a straight-up loser, and I mean, she's probably a Bearcat fan. That's how big of a loser she is. Here we go. Now, we are not going to put up with those types of remarks about Taylor Swift or the Cincinnati Bearcats. People that are lined up, camped out, and sitting in lawn chairs getting Taylor Swift T-shirts downtown or buying the t-shirts they can wear it the rest of the year every day and brag to their friends they went to the concert when they didn't hey saturday night daughter and i two tickets for fc cincinnati saturday night total cost 105 dollars. the same tickets for lionel messi coming in august 600 dollars wow. a seat and i would imagine that price is going to go up as that match gets closer alex let me ask you from a uh, from a Taylor Swift standpoint, if you if you get the merch, do you risk wearing the merch a lot, and maybe you know you might spill something on the merch? Because maybe. I know in this like eras tour, you're supposed to dress up like a different era of Taylor Swift. Yeah. So do you get the merch just to hold on to the merch, or are you wearing it a lot? 
Um, I, I mean, I think if I was going to buy the merch and put down that money, I don't think I'm wearing it to the show. I think that it's okay. something I'm going to appreciate afterwards, and even then, it might not be all that often that I wear it. Fair, fair. Adi, Tone, Talkback, Mike? Mike here, TGIF, happy Friday, but more importantly, happy Taylor Swift Day. Shout yes, out to all the Swifties out there. I think it'd be real cool if the Reds players all had their walk-up music changed to a different Taylor Swift song for the weekend series. That'd be kind of dope and funny. But also, man, I'm happy to see them Reds get it back out there. City Connect night, firework night. It's going to be a beautiful night. I can't wait to be downtown. Also, shout out to that boy Draymond for putting my home and Kelsey in a yes. place during the golf tournament yesterday. You know, it was weird yesterday to have a feeling of missing the Reds. When has that been in years past when the Reds are off that you're like, man, I missed the Reds game tonight? They're just that exciting that on a night like last night, I'm like, all right, I, I need tomorrow to happen because I need the Reds to be back. That's what they've done to this city, and it's fantastic. Hey, guys, Marcus from the Grove. Marcus. About this weekend, I know San Diego has a very talented roster. On paper, they look like they're a solid team, but the facts are they are seven games under 500. So this has to be a series win for us. you got to take that next step, continue to grow, and this is a series to do it. And Tony, L.A. Knight. Yes. Yeah. 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 L.A. Knight better win the Money in the Bank contract tomorrow night, or I might be done with WWE. They might be on suspension for me. L.A. Knight. Yeah. Tomorrow night. Hey guys, Gina here. Gina. Just hearing your comment, Tony, about San Diego. That's what I love about our Reds. We don't have a bunch of superstars and a bunch of egos. Mm. They are playing for each other. The only really superstar that we've had is, is Joey. And that's why this team is so great and we love them so much because you don't have these high-paid superstars. Go Reds, sweep the Padres this weekend. Yeah, I think at the very least... Two out of three. You cannot lose this series at home against the Padres. Tom, it's Josh. Hey, Josh. Brother in the Bailey. Yes, sir. Tomorrow is going to be epic beyond yes. all epic proportions. 141st pitch for the Red Legs. I'll be there. Dumping them pretty early there. Move it on over to the West End. Hitting TQL. Three points going to be coming that night. Man, it's going to be an awesome day for a double dip. Can't wait. Hopefully the Swifties don't get in the way. Hopefully they don't. Hey, Lego boys. Let's go. Lego. Let's go. Yeah, I don't understand how the Padres are favored today. I mean, the Reds, they're ready to run through a few snot bubbles. I had a dream. I had to sign in front of the CentOS Center. said, Sean N.I.L. Miller. <laughs> I started getting beat to death by some Xavier fans. Tony, I, I don't think you're a middle-aged creature. Thank you. Thank you. That means a lot. Thank you, loud talkback guy. Middle-aged. Astros 14, Cardinals nothing. You're welcome. Woo! There they are. Love it. Hey, Pike. Happy Friday. This is DJ from Elmwood. All right, Elmwood. Hey, I'm traveling D.C. visiting my brother, and we're going through Paul Paul, West Virginia. Woo. I got my UC gear on, and I'm excited to join the Big 12 tomorrow. Have a good weekend, brother. Let's go. Let's go. Hey, Tony, it's Jeff in the Lex. Hey, Jeff. Happy Friday, my friend. Yeah. 
uh, mentioning uh, James Paxton there. I don't know if you delved any deeper into it, but uh, James Paxton is a former University of Kentucky hurdler. And so it's good to get some UK blood on the Reds. Okay, sure. Just wanted to let you know. Bye-bye. All right, we'll take it. We'll take it. I sit in line every night for who tickets in 79. <clears throat> Shout out to Pat at FanDuel with Belterra. Shout out to Ronald Reagan. Mm. And I'm ready to run through some snot bubbles. Let's go, man. man. Absolutely. We did it, guys. Keyshawn is gone. Praise Jesus. I don't even know what that was, but thank you. Hey, Terry. Hey, Papa. What the hell are you going on and on about this merchandise deal? Oh, Papa. I know you uh, I know you waited in a few lines for those Air Jordans to come out. No, no, no. Is it just as much merchandise as that T-shirt? No, waiting in no lines. Sorry, Papa. Hey, honey, pass me the radio. Why? If you want to listen to Cincy 360, we can just listen to it on the iHeartRadio app. Please, to listen to Cincy 360, we can listen to that if I just... Whoa, whoa, whoa! The one with the umlaut. <laughs> Thank you very much. Hey, guys, Jeff in New Richmond. Happy Friday to you. Hey, Jeff. Tony, I agree with you 100% on the Reds. Uh, you've got to win at least two out of three this weekend. Um, you know, FC Cincinnati, big game on Saturday night. I think they'll show up, and I think they're going to win. Let's go. So really excited about the weekend, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Take care. What a weekend it will be. Thank you, Jeff. Tony and Sean, it's Johnny from that healthy year. Friday's Alex. drink recommendation of the weekend is get trashed because it's Taylor Swift weekend. I don't have time to give you a drink. I am heading downtown now to Cincinnati. And I have my 13 Bengals jersey on that says Swift on it. Let's go. Look out for the Twitter post later. Folks, have a great weekend. Hootay. And, of course, go Taylor Swift bringing money to Joe Burrow. There it is. Let's go. Thank you. Hey, it's Rick from Centerville. Question about memorabilia from to the memorabilia guy. What do you do in lieu of ticket stubs now that we've gone all digital? Great question. What do you do to prove that you were at the game? For instance, everybody claims they're at the Tom Browning perfect game. What about last Friday? How do people say they were there? It's a great question. Maybe you got the, the email verification that has the barcode on it. I miss old school tickets. I want old school tickets when I go to an event. Hey guys, it's Miles here from Union. Happy Friday. Uh, on the Taylor Swift thing, um, I just don't understand the people who are buying the resale tickets. Uh, my cousin was supposed to see Taylor Swift in Baltimore. She paid like $300 for her tickets and then she didn't feel like going last minute so she sold them. Um, and she sold the tickets for $2,700. I do not understand who's paying that kind of money to see Taylor Swift. Blows my mind. Apparently a lot of people are because a lot of people are, are reselling them. I just I go back to okay, I'm spending twenty five hundred bucks on a ticket. What am I seeing in those three hours that when the show's over, I'm like, man, that was worth every single penny. 
Happy Friday, Tony. With uh, Saturday being Money in the Bank. Yes, sir. Had to ask you who you got. Uh, the women's seems kind of wide open. I'm going to go with Selena Vega. And then no. the men's, obviously. Let me talk to you. L.A. night. Thank you. Have a good one, man. Go Reds. Go FC Cincinnati. And who day? Um, Rollins will beat Finn Balor. I think the Usos, because they'll pin Solo Sokoa, are going to beat Roman Reigns and Solo. Uh, it has to be, it has to be L.A. Knight to win Money in the Bank. And I'll go Becky Lynch on the women's side. Cody Rhodes uh, is going to beat Dominic Mysterio, and Gunther will retain against Matt Riddle. Hello, Hello. I'm Elmo's girlfriend oh. Austin and I are heading down to the Taylor Swift concert, two little Swifties heading to the show. We're so excited. We were talking about which era we think most represents <laughs> our love. We're thinking folklore because it's timeless or speak now when he first got the strength to speak to me or was it reputation or ever more like our love or, or fearless like Austin or was it lover? I have no idea. Uh, I thought Austin was out of town, Alex. Is he actually in town and going to the show? No, he's out of town. But, Is that uh, his girlfriend? That could be the cover-up. Unbelievable. Tony, happy Friday. Yes, sir. Andrew up north. What up, Andrew? You know, I'm just so excited uh, for Cincinnati this weekend. Everything going on, T-Swizzle, the Reds, FC Cincinnati. So happy for all those bar and restaurant owners downtown who are just going to be printing cash. Yes, Looking forward to uh, watching the Reds tonight. I'm calling it right now. I think De La Cruz is going swimming with the fishies. Let's go. Go Love it. Love it. Thank you. I'm always appreciative of Johnny from Mount Healthy's drink of the day. I'm getting ready to go down to the beach for a week. Can I get his recommendations on daily drinks of the day? Thanks in advance. Johnny from Mount Healthy. There you go. You just had his drink of the day for today. Now we'll see if Johnny can help you out in any way. All right, final one. Hey, Tony, it's Mike with the Umlau. Yes. Uh, so pretty new uh, listener to the show. Can you tell me what the duties and responsibilities are of a talkback president? Oh, man. Uh, what aren't the duties and responsibilities? They're going to help with some functions. They're going to help uh, with listeners. They're going to uh, spark some conversations for us. Uh, perhaps, as some have promised, they'll find a sponsor for hour number two. Uh, but overall, just just make people laugh and uh, enjoy coming to the show every single day. Thanks for that talk back. Thanks for the question. Uh, you can uh, you can push that other one to uh, President Reagan. He can answer that a little better than I can. We got to get to a break. Uh, when we come back, Jeff, Greg, we'll get to your phone calls, and then of course Tommy G, Justin Williams, uh, and at, at some point the Chickster, Chick Ludwig, will all stop by. In hour number three, Cincy 360 on ESPN 1530, Cincinnati Sports Station. Now number one for podcasting, ESPN 1530, an iHeartRadio station. Cincy 360 continues on ESPN 1530, Cincinnati Sports Station. All right, here we go. Welcome back. Cincy 360, ESPN 1530, Cincinnati Sports Station. Station. Tommy G, Justin Williams, in just a few minutes to kick off our number three. Before we do that, let's get to some of these calls we've had on hold. Greg from uh, Sharonville. Greg, what's going on? Good, good. I just want to tell you, I listened to the beginning with your perspective of the Reds. I thought it was over the top good. 
you know, pointing out these next 10 days. And then after listening to you and Charlie, I can't really say I have any questions. The only thing about going back to, like, you know, somebody like Paxton, I think it's really a good idea. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. But, you know, a, a general manager and executive I've had a lot of respect for over the years, John Hart. Yeah. I heard him saying it was last year. He said, you know, in all, all my years, I've never had a, even a very good offense that can make up for mediocre pitching over the long haul. Yep. So point is, that's why I'm for, you know, giving up too much. But, you know, somebody like Paxton, I think it's a good idea. Anyway, um, and the other thing, uh, while I was waiting, I was listening to another station, and they said the uh, Bengals move with Orlando Brown, that was the fifth best of, of player movement. And they pointed out, which I kind of forgot about, they said, in other words, it was it was an addition for us and a takeaway from our rival, which you yeah. know, really makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it works and on both sides. The other thing, yeah, exactly. So, And then the other thing on Taylor Swift. My daughter called me up a couple of hours ago and said, hey, what do you think about going downtown, just dropping me off? I want to get – she pulled a, she pulled a granddaughter card on me. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get something for Madison. And what do you think about that? Man. It... I felt over the years with my wife – got to be careful because she's in the car. But she's not so – my wife – But your daughter's not going to the show? No. Oh, uh, see, no. no, no, you can't go get merch if you're not going to the show. Well, here, here's my perspective. I feel I've been a yes man to these three women my whole life. So this morning, a couple hours ago, it was a solid no. Because you know, I'm going to have to what drive down there and ride <laughs> around while she's standing in line. Right. And she's, are you serious? I said, I'm real serious. Well, well the anyway. It it is it, you have to be on a whole different level to want to go down there and drive around today from the Reds game, the parking to the Taylor Swift show to what's coming this weekend. Uh, it's great for the city. It's going to be a little bit of a hassle of getting down there, though. Okay, Greg, I appreciate you, man. Hey, great show. Thank you, thank you. Always appreciative of uh, Greg. There, let's uh, get Jeff, formerly from Virginia, but today. Right here in Cincinnati. Jeff, what's up? It's uh, Jeff sitting on 71 South. I was thinking of going to Cincy Shirts and uh, might have to exit off the highway near you and turn around and head back. So, it's, it, uh, uh, now, is, it, are your, is your show tonight or tomorrow? No, we're, go- we're going tonight. Okay. So uh, my daughter is already in the process of getting ready. Uh Got a reservation at Ruby's at five fifteen. Wow! And um, then we'll we'll you know Tony, she's moving to Nashville in five weeks to start her life. So yeah, you got to get uh, it in now. These, these things you got to get them done, and uh, this is so no tailgating, heard. no tailgating for you before the show. Uh, I'll have a beer at Ruby's, or maybe an old fashioned even. Yeah. Sir. So yeah, you got to go um, old fashioned at Ruby's. 
that that's not my scene. And well, I'm going to the Reds game tomorrow too. So, um, you know, this is my daughter's fifth show on the tour, I do believe. So, um, she is wound up beyond belief right now, and we're just going to have a great time, great daddy-daughter time tonight. And, and if you need um, if you need a few extra minutes to kill Jeff, you could stop down to Rheingeist and get you one of those Cincy lights and help the uh, NIL initiative at the University of Cincinnati. I actually bought a ticket for that, and I had every intention of going, but I don't think I'm going to have enough time. Um, because I, I went to the game in Baltimore Wednesday night, and I, I posted something on Twitter about the Reds winning in spite of David Bell. Mm-hmm. Uh, because once, once again, we have guys on second and third with no outs, infield in, and we run into a throw out at home plate when it's completely unnecessary. And Mr. Brendel came at me pretty hard on Twitter about that. <laughs> and I That's was like, shocking well, that Chad would come after thing. someone on Twitter. Well, I, I've never met Chad. I really want to meet him and buy him a beer. And I'm like, well, now i got to go down to Rheingeist and get him a beer. But uh, I, I don't think that's going to fit into our schedule. And I'm not going anywhere. i, I got a spot hero up on 7th Street. Yeah. I'm not going anywhere near the perimeter of anywhere downtown. So, um, But, yeah, it should be fun. I'm, I'm actually looking forward to the Reds game as much tomorrow. Hopefully the weather cooperates and holds out. But, um for the previous caller, I think two callers ago, my daughter, the second show in Atlanta, my daughter sat in the second row, and she's got unbelievable photos and stuff. And we were talking the other day. I'm like, would you have sold that ticket? And she goes, not even for $50,000. No Man. way. So um, I, I, I'm not the guy who's going to sit in the merch line. I've, I've slept out for concert tickets back in the pre-Ticketmaster, you know, online days and I kind of wish they'd go back to that because it's better than whatever they're doing now, to be honest with you. And um, so we'll, we'll have a fun time tonight. I'm really looking forward to a great weekend. Jeff, man, enjoy it. Enjoy the, uh, the time with your daughter. Yep. Enjoy the Reds and uh, everything that will uh, we'll accompany this weekend. Thank you for the call, man. Yeah, you and Mayor have a good weekend too, Tony. Thank you, buddy. How about it? Can you imagine, Alex, we're talking about one show. Jeff's daughter, has, this is her fifth show on the tour? My God. That's incredible. Does Taylor, does she do like special songs for each city she's in? You know, is I that wonder, a thing? It's, it, now, I, I have know. heard that she'll just come out for like three straight hours and jam. Oh, yeah. They said, someone told me it's like a Broadway and a concert, Broadway show and a concert mixed together. Now, I read that somewhere. People were buying adult diapers so that they didn't oh, no. have to leave to go to the restroom. I could see that too. Yep. But the I, I guess from like the the stage and the the effects and the video boards and all of that stuff, it's I mean millions and millions of dollars were dumped into this, and they 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 do say that from start to finish, it's an absolute spectacle. Yep. I just won't Nothing be seeing like it. it this no, week. I just won't. No. Um, maybe I'll hear about it one day, or maybe they'll do like a Netflix show on, it and you can like watch from the comfort of your own home. Oh yes. And see the show. <laughs> um, let's break. Let's come back. Let's kick off hour number three with a couple guests. Tommy G. Uh, to kick things off, and then Justin Williams, a big day for UC Athletics as uh, as at midnight tonight they will officially be members of the Big 12. And, of course, FC Cincinnati, a huge match tomorrow. We'll kick off hour number two with both of those on ESPN 1530 Cincinnati Sports Station. As we kick off this third and final hour of the week, what better way to do so 
than with the voice of FC Cincinnati, Tommy Gallardo. He joins us on Fridays as he does right now. Tommy G, what's up? Tony, how are you? Good to hear from you always. Uh, you know I'm here, and uh, what a weekend. <laughs> big, Look, big, big things happening all over the city this weekend. I, I talked about it earlier today from a Red Series that is probably going to bring in, I don't know, 100,000-ish fans over the weekend to what yeah. Taylor Swift is doing at Paycor Stadium. Uh, yep. UC is officially going into the Big 12. That becomes official yeah. tomorrow. And kind of at the epicenter here of, of the rest of it, is FC Cincinnati in a match against this New England Revolution squad uh, who sits right behind them from a standing standpoint. There's seven points that clear yep. these two teams, but we've already learned it's a sellout. Um, it, the, the, the city of Cincinnati is going to be absolutely rocking tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all weekend, really. Uh, what a what an amazing buzz. I saw you in one of the news stories out in that line getting your Taylor Swift gear right, uh, right, right, Thursday. Right, so right. I'm glad you glad you survived that and were able to join us for the show today. But no, I think it's I think it's great. Um, you know, two two big concerts there, big games for the Red Legs over at uh, Great American Ballpark, and then a massive, massive one for FC Cincinnati as they sit first uh, atop the supportership standings, and right there behind them, seven points back is New England and. Uh, so what, just the fourth time since 2016 that number one versus number two in Major League Soccer have met. So it's a big opportunity for the Orange and Blue. It is one of the many reasons all eyes of really the, the sports world is going to be here in Cincinnati. When, you, when we go back uh, to last week, the D.C. United match, it, it, yeah. it felt like one of those matches that just didn't go right from the start. They have been kind of plugging a lot of holes because guys have been either injured or, or on international duty. And Mm -hmm. it felt like this long run, it was just one of those games where you say, okay, didn't go our way, move on from it and, uh, and learn from it. Yeah, I think absolutely. Look, uh, I think the most important thing the team can do is shake it off. Wow. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Sorry, I had to. I couldn't, I couldn't resist. You got a bunch of these Thank written you. down. This is going to be a Thank tough you segment. Thank putting up with me. No, no. Yeah, it could be. I, I wish I'd prepared better for this. Uh, otherwise, I would just be dropping songs out of But I don't know enough. To, that's about all I got. Sure, so, sure, sure. Uh, you, you get it right off the top. But, yeah, sure, it was a bad day. And uh, it, it wasn't even a bad day. That's made me not even fair. And I thought it was interesting because in our halftime interview and in our post-game interview, Pat was like, we're not terrible. We're just making mistakes. And, and the mistakes killed us tonight. And he's right. Uh, all three goals were products of mistakes that set up D.C. United. And then D.C. did a really good job of, of shutting FC Cincinnati down defensively and, and limiting their opportunities. And then there was a couple in the second half. Obviously, Marco Angulo hit the post. And, you know, at that point, uh, would have made a 3-1, maybe some momentum and, and opportunity then to, to get a bit closer and try to get something out of the game. But they had really tough sledding in the second half. But you're right. You have to move on and get ready for a home game in front of a sellout crowd against a very good New England team and you know there were some pieces missing that, that certainly were not helpful and they'll have a couple pieces certainly missing tomorrow still but they get your Mascara back which is big you Yakubo is back and uh, Sergio Santos still working his way back back to full fitness so he's available uh, potentially to start the match if they they see him fit in that role so it, it starts to put the lineup back together again and uh, yeah look there's going to be days like that right uh, one of my mentors once told me some days you're the bug and some days you're the windshield Ooh. and uh <laughs> On that night, FC Cincinnati was the bug. The good news is they haven't been the bug very much recently, so uh, that's a good thing. How much now do you look? Because we talked right when that St. Louis match ended. It was the weird, it was a rain delay. It was just a weird night, mm-hmm. and you knew they didn't have it. And yet, what they did after that loss, I thought, spoke right. more volumes than anything else. 
only their second loss of the uh, the MLS season. How do you look to that now as a gauge to say, okay, a trip up against D.C., but you get to learn a lot in losses and you get to learn what kind of team you have when now you turn it around absolutely. against a really good team coming into your stadium. Yeah, absolutely. And remember, the next game after that, that April 15th loss at St. Louis was a home game against Portland. And they found a way to win. They had to grind it out. And there's no question they're going to have to grind out this game against New England. Uh, I wouldn't expect it to be a blowout. I hope it is. Uh, the last time number one played number two in Major League Soccer uh, was was 2020. That was October 2020. And Philadelphia was one. Toronto was two. And Philadelphia won 5-0. So I hope it's something like that. But I imagine it's going to be a very good game. Remember, these two teams played a 1-1 draw back at the end of April. So it's certainly going to be a grind for this game. But, yeah, I think you have to look at, okay, why were, why did the mistakes happen? Uh, learn from it, but not really dwell on it because you're 19 games into the season and you've lost twice. Yeah. And, and you still have a seven-point cushion. And that's why you have the cushion, right? The, because you know there's going to be days uh, where you're going to stub your toe. Now, there's probably going to be one or two more. Hopefully that's it the rest of the way. If there's only two more the rest of the way, then this team wins a supporter shield and, and they'll be the one seed throughout the playoffs, which is very, very exciting. But uh, it, it's funny because there's been so few losses this year. It's things a little more when they come. But I think they were able to turn the page and then get ready for New England this week. Tommy, you mentioned uh, a couple of the players that haven't been available based on other duties they have, based on injuries. Um, yep. go a little more, where does this roster stand as, as they do go into tomorrow night against New England? Well, obviously, Brandon and Matt, uh, Brandon Vasquez, Matt Miazga is still out with the U.S. men's national team and will be for the foreseeable future. That final still not for two and a half weeks. So we may not see them until League's Cup starts towards the, the back half of July. But Yersin Mascara, of course, he was out with Colombia in Germany and then got tied up getting his paperwork straight on his way back into the country and missed the D.C. United game. They did everything they could to get him back for that game, could not. And he will be available for selection for this match tomorrow. So that is good. Yuya Kubo fell ill on Friday before the D.C. United game. And remember, he had started on Wednesday against Toronto, so they left him behind, did not take him to D.C. So he missed the match. So he is back. Sergio Santos has been working his way back to full fitness he did not start the match but he came on i think for about 20 minutes against dc united so he's available to start junior moreno they're evaluating today and and will make a decision on whether or not he is available for selection you know pat said yesterday that they would be cautious about it because they don't want to play him and then lose him for four weeks they'd rather sit him and and have him available next week for charlotte so there's some decisions there but uh the, the Brandon and, and Matt remain out. And then, you know, we talked about Aaron Bupenza a couple of weeks ago coming onto the team. The hope is that he arrives this weekend. If he arrives this weekend, he can't play till July 5th anyways uh, with the way the MLS window works. So if he arrives and trains and has a good week, then I would imagine he would travel with the team to Charlotte and be available for selection for the first time next Saturday. I'm looking at outside of, of what's happening just with this team, the, uh, the MLS all-star roster has seen yeah. uh, three different FC Cincinnati players uh, make that roster. One, did you agree with everyone that made it? Was there anyone that, that has been snubbed off this list? And two, how does the, huh. how does the All-Star game work? I, it, from what I understand, the MLS All-Stars are going to be playing against Arsenal. the, the yeah. Arsenal. Okay. So it, is there can you make an argument for, for others from FC Cincinnati yeah. who obviously lead the Supporters' Shield standings with 43 points? Yeah, I think you can make an argument. I think it's difficult to put more than three guys on the team considering the roster size of, what is it, 26 people, right? So 
uh, I think, yes, 20 to 26 folks. So 12 were voted in, 12 were picked by the coach, two were selected by the commissioner. So you only have 26 all-stars in a league that has 29 teams. I think 17 of the 29 teams are, are represented. So not everybody's represented, and, and some teams, frankly, don't deserve to have an all-star in the game. Um, all three of the FC Cincinnati all-stars were voted in by the fans, the media, and the players and the coaches. So that's a pretty good honor, I would say, that you got three of the 12 slots that were voted in. And then if you're Wayne Rooney looking at it, you have a hard time using any of your 12. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Slots is the head coach because the host head coach gets to be the coach for the match. So he picked his own goalkeeper. I think that's questionable. Uh, Roman Tantano probably has a better resume at this point for being an all-star than Tyler Miller of DC, but he's going to take his guy. You, you see that in major league baseball at times, you know, I, I think it's great for the league. They play Arsenal, but I also think it limits the all-stars because it's not an East first West format. If it was East first West and FC Cincinnati would probably have five all-stars because I think the three very much deserved it. And that you could make a very good case for Obina Wobodo to be there for Roman Santano to be there and you're mascara. Now you're not going to get six all-stars, on a team of 26 uh, this year. But the three are very, very deserving. I don't have to scream from the rooftop like last year when Lucho got voted in and Brandon Vasquez got snubbed. Now, of course, Brandon ended up there because he was an injury replacement, but the fact that he was an injury replacement was egregious. So I'm really excited for those three guys. I think it's a great opportunity for all of them. I'm glad that Lucho is not headed there by himself, and it should be it should be a lot of fun in D.C. in a couple of weeks, uh, July 19th, for that one. And and all three of those very, very much deserve that honor. I, I look outside of the, the All-Star game, the July schedule in itself, it, it starts with just some MLS uh, play. Talk to me about the League's Cup that comes up at the end of July. So yeah. trying to keep up, we got the MLS regular season, you got the U.S. Open Cup. Now the League's Cup as well will get underway. What does that entail? Yeah, so that'll start July 23rd. So you take all the MLS teams, you take all the Liga MX teams, so all the top-tier Mexican teams, and put them into a World Cup-style tournament. So it's all in the United States. So MLS clubs are hosting all of the games. And in the group that FC Cincinnati is in, it's FC Cincinnati, it's Sporting Kansas City, and it's Chivas Guadalajara. So FC Cincinnati will host Sporting Kansas City and Chivas here. And then Chivas and Sporting Kansas City will go to Kansas City and play each other there. And then the top two teams from each group will get out. Everybody is set up regionally. If FC Cincinnati is the top team in their group coming out, then they would host a third game at TQL Stadium. And then after that, hosting is determined by if it's not, if you're, if you're playing a Liga MX team, then you're obviously hosting because you're not going to Mexico for any games. If you're hosting or if you're playing an MLS opponent, in any of the rounds from the round of 16 on, then hosting is determined by the last season standings, by the 2022 standings. So it gets a little bit cloudy then in, in trying to figure everything out. But, no, I think it's uh, it should be a lot of fun. It'll be interesting to see because the regular season goes on pause while this happens because teams will be playing every four or five days, just like the World Cup. 
So the regular season goes on pause, and FC Cincinnati plays July 23rd and 27th are the dates. Yep. If their season, let's just say those two matches go horribly and they're out after that, they don't play again until August 20th against Columbus. And we know there's bad blood between those two. With it, without a match, right. See, see what I did there? So, a little bad blood? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I appreciate uh-huh. it. See, Touché. you're playing the game, Touché. too. Touche. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. See, you're going to get me. But, uh, but, but, but so you, you come out of it, and suddenly you haven't played for three weeks. Yeah. So that's where it gets a little bit uh, discombobulated, I think. And it'll be really interesting because some teams are going to be done after two group stage games and won't play for three weeks. The question is, do you come out of those three weeks really fresh, or do those teams look rusty after not playing? Uh, I guess we'll find out. And then for FC Cincinnati, hopefully they play for a bit because they're coming out of it with a rivalry game. So you want right. them to look good, obviously. And then Messi's coming into town. Season. Yeah, and then you have Messi three days later. Unbelievable. Um, Talk about hot tickets. Uh, uh, <laughs> there you go. I was going to say, is, that, is it, would it easier, easier right now to get a Taylor Swift ticket or the Inter-Miami ticket? Oof. I mean... That's a great question. And if you don't get it, guess what? Know. Just shake it off. You'll be good. Shake it off. Now you're right. I Unbelievable. agree. I agree. Uh, let me let me ask you that before uh, before I let you go. The uh, the match yes, against sir. New England. Um, what has made New England so good this year to be as consistent as as they have been? And what's FC Cincinnati going to have to do to make sure they come away with three points at a TQL Stadium tomorrow night? Well, they're going to have to be solid defensively. They can't make the mistakes that we saw at D.C. because if they make those types of mistakes again, then there's no question that New England will punish them. Carlos Heel, their designated player from Spain, is having another MVP-like season. He has seven goals, nine assists. He's been just fantastic. You don't have to talk about all-star snubs. You could argue that, that Carlos is certainly a snub, and if there's anybody who bows out due to injury, I would imagine that, that he will get a look. But uh, they have Bobby Wood, who's seen a resurgence this year. He started 15 games with U.S. National. Uh, this guy made the debut with the U.S. Men's National Team back in 2013. Uh, came back to United States in 21 and then joined New England this year. The 30-year-old has seven goals. And, and he's been hot as of late, so Bobby Wood has been very, very good. And they have an unbelievable goalkeeper. Georgie Petrovic is an all-star, and, and he is going to the all-star game uh, 18 starts this year. He's a 1.22 goals against average. If you go back to that game, April 29th, he made a save on a penalty kick against Lucho. So Petrovic is very, very good in goal. But but you can't make mistakes defensively like they made at D.C. If they do, then New England will punish them. Um, if they're solid defensively, I think opportunities will open up at the other end. And uh, I think it should be a really good game. All gas, no breaks right now from uh, from FC Cincinnati, especially from my guy uh, Tommy G. I expect to see some absolute heat tomorrow with the uh oh, yeah. the magnitude of this match um mm-hmm. what is the easiest way to follow along with uh with everything you got going on from your social media standpoint tommy yeah yeah, yeah. you can find me on twitter tommy underscore g um and then obviously on, on instagram all three g's love it love it tommy you are the man uh let's get back to the winning ways this week last week is gone uh and now much like we did after st louis yep. we push ahead Let's go. Shake I wish all. I knew another Taylor Swift song because there's probably one I in there I could have used there. I'm not even so going to. I got 24. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a couple snuck in the broadcast tomorrow night. I got to study up. Though. Yeah, well, you're the man. You're the man. Yeah, I, I know am. that's, that's one. True. See, here we go. <laughs> right. I'm not ending this with cheers <laughs> oh, today, Tommy, because it, 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 it didn't work last week. So no cheers for you. Just to thank okay. you for joining well, us. My pleasure. Oh, I love it. Tommy G, the uh, voice yeah. of FC Cincinnati. Uh, always appreciative of his time joining us on uh, on Fridays. Let's break. Let's come back. The uh, big news, uh, or bigger news, 
one of the pieces of news coming out this weekend is uh, is what happens tomorrow officially. It is the last day that we will ever mention the American Athletic Conference again. Let's do so with Justin Williams, who covers the Bearcats for the Athletic when we come back. Cincy 360, a service of Cincy shirts on ESPN 1530, Cincinnati Sports Station. Cincinnati Sports Station. Cincy 360 is back on ESPN 1530, Cincinnati Sports Station. Whoa, whoa. Yeah. Sometimes we laugh, sometimes we cry, but I guess Welcome you know back, Cincy 360 here. Uh, hour number three, a service of Cincy shirts on ESPN 1530, Cincinnati Sports Station. We uh, we just got done talking a little FC Cincinnati, New England coming into town to uh, tomorrow night. Of course, we've got Reds and uh, Padres all weekend, but we've also got Big 12 news. It is official, and I felt like it's been official for a long time, but now it becomes officially official at midnight tonight. Let's talk some Bearcats. Let's do so with the man that covers the Bearcats for the Athletic, Justin Williams, joining us right now. Justin, what's up? Not much, Tony. Just, you know, excited for uh, for a big weekend in Cincinnati, purely because of uh, Cincinnati to the Big 12, obviously. Yeah, 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 yeah. Look, it it, it – it feels like because this has been known for so long, I don't know what else there is. Is there anything that officially cha- outside of being in the Big 12, there's nothing significant that's going to be happening tomorrow or, or over the course of this weekend. It is just now officially what everyone has known, and that is the Big 12 is here. It is actually happening. I, there, there's probably been people holding their breath until we get to this point, but can breathe easy now. You see back in a Power 5 conference starting tomorrow. Yeah, you know, it's it's like the wedding. You do the months ahead of time, planning and prepping. You spend all the money, and then you have the, the big night making the, the, the celebration uh, official. But I don't think there's any, like, fear of getting left at the altar this time. It's, it's all a done deal. Uh, so at midnight, they'll officially be in the Big 12. But the schedule's been out. They're obviously wearing Big 12 on, on the sleeves of their shirts and all summer on the recruiting trail and things like that. So a little bit of a formality, but exciting, you know, moment nonetheless, especially for Bearcats fans who, you know, this have you know been clamoring for this for the past 10, 12 years, ever since the old Big East fell apart. So, you know, right now, like I'm on ESPN.com, and if I go to college football teams, Cincinnati is still labeled in the American. So at midnight tonight, does that switch over? I'll be able to scroll down to the Big 12 and find Cincinnati there, correct? Look, I don't have any pool at ESPN, but I will talk to the people I know at the Athletics and make sure. Yeah, this needs to happen at midnight. Clock ticks over, that you know that, that they're classified in the Big Twelve. I'll do what I can. We uh, we have talked before about what the Big Twelve uh, and going into the Big Twelve means for recruiting, and I, and I think you could attest to both sides now. And if if we just speak strictly basketball and football right now, that they have used it heavily. You know, with with Nike and Jordan and the Big 12 logo, but there has been a significant uptick in the types of recruits, especially that Wes Miller, either out of high school or out of the portal, has been going after, along with what Scott Satterfield now is doing, throwing his name in the hat. Is that, in your opinion, directly tied to what comes with the Big 12? I think that's part of it. I think, you know, you have to give credit, first of all, to kind of the way football's elevated the past few years. They were recruiting at a Power 5 level, you know, while Luke Fickle was there prior to being in the Big 12. And you got to give credit on the basketball side to, to Wes Miller. I think he's been really ambitious on the recruiting side of things. But look, you know, we're talking about high school kids, right? And it's easy to sell a kid a couple years ago 
and say like, hey, we're going to the Big 12, you know, by the time you're a sophomore or a junior, whatever, it's going to happen. That's still tough for 16, 17, 18-year-old kids to kind of look that far ahead. So now when you're out there, yeah, like you said, they're wearing Big 12, you know, the the symbol on the sleeves. Like it, it is a real thing. They can show them the schedule for this season and say, hey, you know, football we're going to be playing Oklahoma State and Oklahoma's coming to Nippert Stadium and and basketball we're going to be playing Kansas and and Baylor and and things like that it just resonates a little bit more when it's kind of right on your doorstep and so I definitely think you know some of the the ambition that Cincinnati has had on the recruiting trail and then some of the ways that's paying off the the Big 12 has has a lot to do with that. I I just I I can't help but wonder you know you, you cover this team I've I've almost given up at this point until training camp starts for football to even try to get a, an understanding of what the roster looks like. I know Emory Jones is the quarterback, but outside of that, I mean, even up to this week, I'm seeing across the country there's guys that are still entering the portal and still making decisions. So is it from a just a, a, a standpoint of your job to keep up, is it find out once camp gets and see how everyone comes together? Because until these guys get on the field – it's really hard. You know what you have on paper, but you don't know anything else because these guys have never played together. Yeah, I think it's still TBD at a lot of positions for a lot of guys. And I don't think it'll be that way every season. I think because of the coaching change, you saw you know more roster turnover than certainly Scott Satterfield would prefer to have for most off seasons. So I think moving forward, you know, it's going to be maybe a little bit more settled going into spring ball or coming out of spring ball. But, yeah, this year going up to higher ground, you know, there's going to be players that we haven't even seen on the field in a Bearcats jersey yet that could be prominent, you know, starters or or big-time players for them. So I definitely think it's going to be a a little bit of a a learning curve, you know, whether it's for fans or for people like me in the media to to kind of try and figure out what this team will look like uh, in September once the season starts. But, you know, I also don't see that as something that's going to happen on an annual basis either. You uh, you wrote an article and, and on The Athletic, and, and I saw you tweet out the, the recruiting landscape in Ohio and, and how that could be shifting and, and the impact that it could have. Obviously, Cincinnati is one of those teams that relies heavily on the recruiting aspect right here. How do you see things shifting? Because we've always known what Ohio football is. What does this mean now going forward, especially for Cincinnati, who needs to recruit this area heavily? Yeah, I mean, you're seeing Michigan kind of make a big push in the state of Ohio, and that makes sense. They've beaten Ohio State the past couple of years, gone to the playoff. But it really goes much you know, broader and, and deeper than that. The state of Ohio is it's the best in the Midwest. You know, It's probably fifth in the country behind the heavy hitters, Texas, Georgia, Florida, California. And there's a lot of you know programs that rely on it at the Power Five level, either in the state or outside the state, all the way down to like Mac schools or you know a Division three school like Mount Union. And so as as the Ohio recruiting interest kind of expands, whether it's to Michigan or you know talking to people around the state, there's ACC, SEC, Pac-12 schools who are a little bit more uh, interested in and in showing up in Ohio lately. You know, in some ways, that's a credit to the the talent that's here. It's a credit to what teams like Cincinnati have been able to do over the past few years, which is really win and and succeed with in-state recruits. Partly, it's going to get easier because we talked about Cincinnati's going to the Big 12. That kind of helps with the recruiting. But the more interest there is, especially at the top, that can have a trickle-down effect. At some points, that can be tougher. And if you're a team like Indiana or Purdue or uh, Kentucky, West Virginia, you know, maybe you look elsewhere a couple times to choose kind of where to fight your battles in the state of Ohio. Cincinnati doesn't really have that luxury. Like, you know, they, they kind of have this blueprint of if you recruit Ohio guys, you have a chance to be successful and to win. 
And so there's definitely going to be interesting to see over the next couple of seasons, how do they do in the state? Are they able to still keep finding those kind of undervalued guys, Tyler Scott, Derek Forrest, Mike Warren, Kobe Bryant, the guys they've won big with the past few years. Can they keep doing that in the state of in Ohio? Because as they've proven with Fickle, but also going back to D'Antonio and, and Brian Kelly, you can win with those guys. And, and that's kind of been the blueprint for Cincinnati. Not just football, but as, as we move to basketball, you could argue that Wes Miller has understood that from day one as well, because there is some local flair, especially from a incoming class standpoint that they've added and, and you match that with what Wes Miller has been able to add throughout this whole offseason, it is, at least for me, at this point, completely changed where I view this team going into next year because everyone knows, okay, Big 12, top basketball conference in the country, it's going to be a tough transition. I love everything that Wes Miller has done from getting a rim protector, they've added bigs, they've added shooting on the outside. Um, is it a, a viable thought that, that UC could make an NCAA tournament appearance as early as year one in the big 12 with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, I mean, you got to give, you know, as much credit as you got to give Wes Miller for what he's done on the recruiting trail. And I think he has done a really good job. That then elevates the expectations on the floor, right? And so that's kind of what they're looking at. I think he's done such a good job putting this roster together that now there are bigger expectations and maybe some NCAA tournament bubble or, or birth hopes going into the season. But the one kind of big uh, caveat variable that's hanging out there is this waiver situation. You know, you mentioned uh, rim protector Aziz Bandago, the guy they got from Utah, uh, Utah Valley, uh, seven footer, really impressive defensive specimen. You know, this is the second transfer. Same with Jameel Reynolds, the big guy they got from Temple. We don't know yet whether those guys are going to be cleared and immediately eligible to play. If they have both of them this upcoming season, then yes, I think it's totally fair to say, can you compete and be in the middle of the pack in the Big 12 and maybe be on that NCAA tournament bubble come February, March? If neither of those guys get approved, and honestly the kind of early returns on, on these uh, second transfer waivers hasn't been great, then I think you might have to shift your expectations. Sure. But as is always the case, you know, predict, predicting what the NCAA is going to do is, is kind of a fool's errand, so we'll, we'll wait and see on that one. But just in general, you're right. The, the talent he's added, the way he's upgraded that roster this offseason has been impressive. How much of a uh, of a key is is the, the indoor facility? And, and we saw the groundbreaking of that and, and what that's going to mean. What does this mean? Is it just another – uh, clip in the in the belt here for recruiting for the current guys down there to have a space which is going to be as amazing as this indoor complex is at the University of Cincinnati. I would imagine that goes right in with the apparel and Team Jordan and, and everything that this university is doing as they embark on this next chapter, which is the Big 12 tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, in many ways, Cincinnati's been, you know, performing, competing at a Power 5 level on a group of five budget for, for the past decade or so. And so now, you know, all those efforts and investments they've made have gotten them to the power five level. 
Well, now they have to really kind of ramp up and, and do those things that'll put them on the same level, whether it's staffing, you know, and that's on the football or basketball staffs or also just kind of the athletic department staffs, um, health and nutrition, all these upgrades they've made. And then another big part of that is facilities. Like it's, it's still an arms race, even with NIL and, and all that kind of in the transfer portal, you still have to be able to show like, all right, here's where you're going to train and here's where you're going to recover. And we have, you know, they have to compete with other big 12 teams at that level. And based on the renderings and, and kind of the reports of this indoor facility, they're certainly going to do that. It looks pretty amazing and incredible. It's just kind of one of those next steps that they need to take to be able to compete at the Big 12 level. Justin Williams covering the Bearcats. Uh, a huge day, a huge weekend for the Bearcats. Also, though, you, you got Taylor Swift. Are you a Swifty? Are you, are you, you're, are you oh, heading yeah. down to the show? I'm going to be in Paycor Stadium wow. tonight. Seeing Taylor Swift with a bunch of crazy other Taylor Swift fans. I'm not going to say I'm like, you know, top tier Swifty, but. Did you get merch? Did you wait in a merch line? I didn't. I didn't wait in a merch line. However, if anyone wants to prevent me from having to like wait in a merch (laughs) line or win an eBay bid for my wife for this blue crew neck. Oh, yeah. You know, hit me on Twitter at Williams underscore Justin, because I'm I'm, I'm looking for avenues there. I'm looking for connections. Yeah, there's I mean, there's no bad blood there for sure. Uh, and that could be karma. You know, you could yeah, that'd be karma if you help Justin out. That's good karma. See what we're doing here. What I have to ask because I've not talked to a ton that are personally going to the show. Was it ever, or did it ever cross your mind when you're seeing the price of these shows to say, okay, maybe we'll just not go to the show and we'll sell these tickets? So my wife is the one who got the ticket. Oh. I'm going with my wife and my sister. Okay. Uh, both of them were very, very determined to get tickets to this show. <laughs> And so for my own safety and well-being, I'm not going to suggest that maybe we we sell them and take a a big vacation because I don't think that would be received warmly. That's a love story. That's a true love story. (laughs) (laughs) Justin, uh, You're you're really showing you're you're bona fide. You could be a local TV anchor the way you're rattling off these uh, these connections. You know, and and as we get into it, it, we know it can be a cruel summer, but we've got to just enjoy what we have right now, which is a – a Cincinnati Reds team in uh, in first place in the Central. A huge MLS match with FC Cincinnati. UC heading into the Big 12 officially at midnight tonight. And, of course, two Taylor Swift shows over the course of this weekend. Justin, I appreciate your time greatly, man. Uh, enjoy the day. Enjoy the weekend. And uh, just get right back to work after that. You got it. Appreciate you, Tony. Yes, sir. There he is. Justin Williams covering the uh, Cincinnati Bearcats for the Athletic on a busy, historic day here in uh, Cincinnati with everything related to the Bearcats. Uh, plenty more still to come between now and 3 o'clock. We will uh, we'll catch up with the Chickster, who's in for Mo Egger today. That'll be our quick hit segment, and uh, we'll finish out the week right here. Cincy 360, ESPN 1530, Cincinnati Sports Station, a service of our good friends at Cincy Shirts. Welcome back, Cincy 360, a service of Cincy Shirts on ESPN 1530, Cincinnati Sports Station. Uh, real quick, we got a Reds lineup. The uh, Reds, by the way, City Connect Friday night here at Great American Ballpark. Um, you can see the uh, City Connect C in the outfield of Great American Ballpark this weekend. Here is how the Reds will line it up tonight. TJ Friedel. He's going to play center, lead things off. Matt McClain at short. Jonathan India playing second base. Ellie De La Cruz is going to be the DH tonight. 
That means Jake Fraley will play right, Joey Votto plays first, Spencer Steer slides into third, Tyler Stevenson will catch, Will Benson in left, and the pitcher for game one against the San Diego Padres is Graham Ashcraft. You just keep hoping and waiting that Graham Ashcraft is going to find that lightning in a bottle that he had all through the month of May. One more time, Friedel, McLean, India, De La Cruz, Fraley, Votto, Steer, Stevenson, Benson. Not sure about you, but it sounds like a win to me. And it's going to be a win when we come back because we're going to get to catch up with the Chickster. Chick Ludwig, who's in for Mo Egger today, will join us for quick hits right after this. ESPN 1530, Cincinnati Sports Station, a service of Cincy Shirts. Cincy 360 continues on ESPN 1530, Cincinnati Sports Station. It's time for Cincy 360 Quick Hits on ESPN 1530. All right, here we go. Welcome back. Let's finish this Friday off the uh, best way we know how. It's Cincy 360, a service of our friends at uh, Cincy Shirts. This is Quick Hits. And right after this, about 10 minutes from now when I'm done, the uh, Mo Egger show is going to be getting ready to get started. But it's not Mo Egger today. It's the Chickster, Chick Ludwig. Is in. He's ready to go, and uh, he's joining us right now. Chick, what's up? Oh, I fired up, Tony. What a weekend! It's what we call Armageddon. It's nuts, right? It, it truly is. We uh, were we, we talked off air like the the financial impact alone to the economy, but when you look at midnight tonight, UC is officially into the Big Twelve. Yes. The first place Reds have a huge series against the San Diego Padres, who are underachieving in a big way right now. And they owe them big time from last year. Don't want this team to get hot in Cincinnati. Um, You have FC Cincinnati, who's bringing the second-best team in the MLS right here. That match is already sold out. And oh, by the way, you've got two Taylor Swift shows smack dab in the middle of it. What a weekend here. 300,000-plus people, and those are the ones that have the tickets. Right. And uh, there'll be another 25,000 downtown, and then a $90 million economic impact on the – Gosh, the city, the area, the tri-state, unbelievable. What are you uh, What are you planning for the uh, the next three hours? What's coming up on the, well, uh, uh, the Mo Egger show with Chick? We are going right down to Rheingeist, right out of the gate. Uh, ben Hofstetter, the senior associate AD of the University of Cincinnati, is going to join us. Nice. And then at 5 o'clock, Marissa Beck, the director of corporate sponsorships for Rheingeist, I told her I want a full report on what the atmosphere is like at your fine establishment. I would imagine a lot of truth is going to be uh, – yeah, the uh, the Cincy down. Light, it, from what I've seen, it's the perfect tailgate drink, the NIL initiative that they're coming up with to help the Cincy Reigns program. Uh, it's awesome. I think that, that party got underway at noon. I think it's rolling till midnight, till midnight tonight. Yes. Uh, Nick Hagland is due to join us from FC nice. Cincinnati at 335. So, uh, Defender, Lakota West, and Xavier University. So, fired Local up about product. that. Yes. And tickets went on sale today for the – for that open cup with Man. Messi coming to town. It is. It, I, I was so I, I had the chance to talk with Tommy G earlier. There is this this law a little bit because there are so many different. There's a leagues cup. There's the U.S. Open Cup. There's the MLS season. There's international duties. There's all these different things, and then at the at the July mark, there's this dead period to where they're playing leagues cup. If they don't advance in the leagues cup, they've got like three weeks off. And they would come right out of those three weeks off against the Columbus Crew on August 20th, rivalry. And then three days later, Messi is in town for the Open Cup. It is, it's remarkable to see what FC Cincinnati has transformed into after being the, the bottom of the barrel in the, the MLS for the first couple of years. Yeah, going for the record for consecutive wins at home. Yeah. Just incredible. And you talked about it off the air with me. Uh, 
this weekend. It's so big, and the only thing that can rival it here is in uh, later in September. Yeah. Big weekend in September coming up. That's uh, Oklahoma's going to be coming in. you got the Pirates are going to be coming in. Uh, FC Cincinnati has a home match. Monday night football. And I think Oktoberfest jammed into all of that in between. <laughs> so the uh, the city of Cincinnati, the economy, is going to be in a good way. And, and look, these things, they happen because, yes, it's a great sports city, but it also happens when your teams are winning. Oh, no doubt. And yeah. you can't even quantify what FC Cincinnati and the Reds and what I think has been remarkable, both of these teams having success, it's not like attendance has dipped for either one of them. They're, they're, they're showing clearly, and this weekend shows it, you can have everything in Cincinnati and people are still going to go to each one of them. And they're supporting one another. Right. To see the Reds show up at FC yeah. in the, you know, the Viking after outfit. After a day game. Uh, yeah, after a day game, Jonathan India, that was yep. just uh, spectacular. And uh, to see Joe Burrow. Taking batting practice, right? And the guys are throwing out first pitches. Yeah, fantastic stuff. It is. Uh, it's just an awesome time to uh, to be in the city, and uh, I, I just, I, I, there's ten games left with the Reds before the the break, and in those ten, four at Washington, Brewers for three, these three against San Diego. They've done so much to get to this point. I just want them to hold it together for the next ten. Yeah. No Hunter Green, no Nick Lodolo, Ben Lively's not so. Their ERA, one of four in baseball, north of five for the team, and yet they have a winning record. They're in first place. Can they hold on to get to the All-Star break to let this ownership group decide, okay, are we going to go in and bring another pitcher? These next 10 are huge. They really are. and You just want them to be in for the long haul here for this yeah. season. Yep. Hey, there's no law saying, uh, hey, you're not expected to win. You can win. And how, Bengals in 2021. How often don't we see it? Mm-hmm. You're not expected to, and then you do it. And then when you are expected to, yeah. then you fall flat. So, so many correlations. That Bengals team in 2021 had the Achilles heel of the offensive line. This team right now has the Achilles heel of the pitching. Yes. Bengals overcame that in 2021. Can the, can the Reds overcome that? Because they're so fun to watch, and they've got this young core group that is just so naturally gifted that you know I, I went into the season saying, man, if the Reds can just get us to – the NFL draft. If they can just help from a radio standpoint to the draft, and here we are, the the end of June, and we're talking about a first-place baseball team. And it's after incredible. getting swept in Baltimore mm-hmm. to go in and win two out of three, and then the way they won the last game yeah. was just incredible. To lose, you know, blow a couple of leads, and yep. to win it in the 10th. An Fantastic. impressive series wins. In this first half of the season, they swept Texas. They swept Houston. They took two out of three from the Dodgers. Uh, they take two out of three from Baltimore. They've got some nice series wins under their belt, and they're not just beating up on the bad competition. You could argue even the Braves, who are the best team in baseball right now, six games all decided by one run. Absolutely. Now the Reds have been on the wrong side of five of those, but at least you're saying we're right there. We're playing with them. Why not make it this year and not push off the next? And if Atlanta doesn't win the World Series, it's an upset. It is. I mean, it, that is the most boring dynasty to mm-hmm. me in sports. Yeah. All they do is win the East, but they've, uh, what, won Two World Series. Yeah, they've done and, it the right way because all of their young talent is locked up for yes. the foreseeable future in Atlanta. Uh, let's finish this. Let's make some money. Locks of the night. Hey, degenerates. It's time for Locks of the Weekend, presented by Cincy Shirts. Visit either store in Hyde Park or on Dixie Highway in Fort Mitchell and always online at cincyshirts.com. Now, let's make you some money. All right, look, I researched this because I got called out on it earlier. I like the Minnesota Twins over the Baltimore Orioles. Let me tell you why. Uh, Real quick, uh, the pitching in this matchup. Two pitchers 
whose results do not mirror what the metrics should say. Uh, Pablo Lopez of the Twins, 4-4-1 ERA, but he is fourth in baseball in strikeouts behind Spencer Strider, Kevin Gossman, and Shohei Otani. He, uh, he's not getting hit very hard. He needs to get some, uh, some run support tonight, and he's going against a guy in Dean Kramer, uh, 4-5-0 ERA. He is, uh, he is due for a bad outing. I think the Twins have the lead when the starters get out of this game. Minnesota's bullpen is a top-five bullpen in the league. I like Minnesota, and there are some facts to back it up. So take with it what you want. And, Chick. I'm all over it. And somehow, some way, the Cincinnati Reds are home underdogs tonight against the San Diego Padres. I would take the Reds. So if you want to sprinkle a little bit on there, maybe this is the night. This was supposed to be you, Darvish versus Graham Ashcraft. You, Darvish was scratched. It is Seth Lugo. Graham Ashcraft was arguably one of the best pitchers in baseball in May. He has been terrible since. This is an important start for Graham Ashcraft and for this team going forward. They finally won a game in their Cincy Connect shirts. Yes. Their uniforms. I was and, worried uh, about that. And I just love a Friday night at the yard. Yeah. Can't get any better. Uh, I am done. Chick Ludwig is up next for the uh, the Mo Egger Show. I got to thank our guy uh, Alex Egan for stepping in. Alex, uh, some would say that you pitched the uh, the perfect game today. Thank you very much. If not the perfect game, <laughs> at least the no-hitter. There Absolutely. could have been an error. It wasn't your fault. No. There could have been an error committed um, on my end. But, uh, Alex, thank you for uh, for stepping in today. Thanks for filling in. You're welcome. Thanks to our callers, our listeners, everyone that leaves a talk back. Thanks to Cincy Shirts. Thank you to Skyline Chili. Have a uh, look. It, it is, it's a historic weekend here in Cincinnati between uh, what's going to be going on downtown and right there in the West End at TQL Stadium to the Taylor Swift Show. Enjoy it. Enjoy it responsibly over the weekend. Be safe. Have a great holiday weekend. Enjoy your Friday. Enjoy the weekend. Uh, We'll do this again. I'm back starting Monday on ESPN 1530 Cincinnati Sports Station. Until then, have yourself a great weekend. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.